Today on Nineworks Radio, Jurgen Bath and an epic road trip to Norway. Brought to you by Nineworks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community, supported by the Nineworks Marketplace. Nineworks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks, and Max Newman. Nineworks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the Nineworks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nine Works Radio. My name is Lee Sibley, joined every week, as this week, uh, by Andy Brooks. Good day. And Mr. Max Newman. Morgan. We smooth, smooth like Caramax. Uh, yeah, so we are going to be talking all things road trip because uh, we've just done an epic Nine Works road trip. However, it would be remiss to not start a podcast recorded the day after Porsche's 75th birthday uh, to not wish the company happy birthday and to talk about the new prototype car released, the Mission X. So what do you happy think? Happy birthday Tim? to you. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yeah. Enough of that. Yeah. What do you think of this car then, gents? I like the colour. <laughs> of course you do. It loves the colour. Love the colour. I think it looks I think it looks pretty cool. I prefer it from the cabin forward. That's my best um angle of it. I think it looks I, th- I love the look of it from the front, real LMP kind of look. Um yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all yeah. right. I'm um I just looked at that front splitter thing and thought, oof, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> that's as far as i got i don't i haven't really looked par- past that i saw that there's some quite cool detail on the rear lights but i literally haven't looked at any more detail yeah 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 agreed really i mean uh, it's important to remember from the outset that prototypes when they are released it's of course uh the company flexing its uh technological muscles and saying this is what we can do but then like crucially as well it's all about um how that car is received by the public references in the past with the likes of the panamericana obviously that car never went into production but they at uh, the roof line for example that then appeared on the 993 targa etc 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 so it's it's about gauging uh, a public reaction to these sort of projects so i think that's kind of what it is particularly with reference to the fact it is uh fully electric as a, as a possible hypercar of the future yeah so we'll we'll kind of see but yeah it's kind of funny really i i, I feel the same as you two it's like yeah yeah it's cool yeah. and then and then we and then we move on really kind of yeah. kind of it yeah. it's disappointing i think my overwhelming uh reaction is disappointment so it's uh obviously a big birthday porsche uh, marketing wheel is in full swing as we speak uh particularly if it been le mans weekend as well just release a car, guys. We've got loads coming up. There's yeah. a 911 ST, which is the worst kept secret in the automotive world. We all know there's a 60th anniversary, which I know is for a different anniversary to the Porsche Company 75. But we've got all these like proper models waiting to be released. Just release them, man. You know, I feel like they should have released this and a partner to it. Agreed. That you know, yeah. that's going into production. So release this in this amazing brown color. Yeah. And also put an ST next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, properly and it, i don't know it would have just felt more uh, 
bit more gusto to it. I think I, I agree with that completely, mate. There was that that project three five seven at the start of the year, that, that yeah. bizarre looking yeah. uh, thing. So you know, it's nice. It's really cool to see the the. the prototypes and yeah clearly people are hard at work but um yeah it gives a proper car people you know let's get a yeah. car we can see on the public road i'd say yeah agreed I think, I think a bit of the excitement has gone from the these sort of prototype things after that book came out you know that book came out that had lots of the prototype cars in it which was brilliant because it was really interesting to look at all the prototypes that they'd made over the years and how cool they looked and all that sort of thing i've got the book i think it's brilliant um but uh now it just seems like I sort of looked at it and I thought, is this something that I've seen in that book or is this something that I've not seen before? Because it yeah. looks kind of similar to some of that stuff and it's just... And I think the other thing which is a bit sad is it's a shame that if you if you want to do a prototype halo thing these days that it has to be electric because it's got a ha you've got to attach some numbers to it. Yeah, and if you want yeah. to attach hyper numbers to something these days, it's got to be an EV because otherwise yeah. you can't get, I mean, it gives it massive weight. That's a big number. But if you want to give it massive acceleration and other stuff like that, it's got to be an EV. And that's a bit sad, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think there's that, but I, I'm not even sure about the numbers. I think um, internal combustion engines, like you, we can show there's still kind of lots on the table there in terms of like performance potential. Uh, the GT3 RS, as an example, shows that big numbers can be had, but then it's about managing airflow and the aerodynamics you know as part of that project so there's still in terms of like a car with an internal combustion engine there's still lots lots of, of development still ahead potentially but i mean you know every car company at the moment is too scared to do oh here's a car of the future by the way it's got an internal combustion engine yeah there's a, I, I don't know maybe greenwashing is a little bit too far but it would just be completely um i think manufacturers would deem it completely inappropriate to make a car with an ice yeah yeah. currently well, I, I sort of look to the future that's ice yeah yeah I yeah maybe, definitely yeah yeah i think i think maybe we haven't quite yet gone over the hump to start to come back down the other side where they can comfortably say uh you know ice is a significant part of the future the 2035 thing that's going to go we're going to flush that down the toilet yeah, there's been a stuff. There. yeah um yeah. you know that's going to come but maybe we're not quite maybe we're not quite there yet yeah. yeah yeah it's funny i mean you know a, a hypercar is an enthusiast car isn't it for the for the extremely wealthy so i do kind of feel like our reaction is a little bit of a litmus test yes okay like even between us we probably wouldn't be able to afford something like that but us as enthusiasts our reaction is mm, yeah cool yeah. on we move and and yeah i don't know it's just very difficult to get excited about a super duper electric thing isn't it, it is, really yeah. it's just the reality yeah i'm just go on I'm just starting to have a little look at the details of it. Um, and did you see the sort of GT1 reference to the front wheel arch? No, to be honest, I got the press release, read the first couple of bullet points. Not the e round, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think we're all a bit, yeah, really. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'm a lot more interested because, as you say, Lee, we've got all this stuff on the runway. I want to, I want the, next actual car launch yeah to come through be that a 911 edition or you know an electric cayman or something i want an actual production car launch that's what i'm excited about this year yeah definitely and i know like porsche is is extremely well versed at making the most out of uh birthdays but i feel like on top of the 75 years of porsche 60 years of 911 30 years of 993 etc we should have like a happy third birthday to the 911 st because that's how long we know 
We've known <laughs> Star is coming, basically. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not been a single one rolled off the production line yet, but it's, it's been around. It's been in the forefront, forefront of people's minds for that long now. Yeah. Maybe we should give it a birthday, really. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we also got a, a less popular Porsche birthday this year? Isn't it a KN birthday as well? Could well be, mate. No, I think, I think... Last, last year was 20 years, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. I thought that was going to be an excuse to buy a V8 KM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. Amazing. Right. So, yeah, happy birthday to Porsche. Um, it's also Le Mans weekend as well. Uh, n- none of us three are going this year. We're uh, having a year off from it. But lots of our friends from the Narmuts Collective are going. And uh, it's yeah. been really nice to have some of those pictures and videos from people's experiences down at Lasard shared on WhatsApp. So we look forward to seeing more of that over the weekend. Lots yeah, of absolutely. Uh, fear, fear of missing out. That's for sure. <laughs> the thing is, like the, the coverage is that good these days. Like I really enjoy watching the race from afar and yeah. then seeing it develop. Of, of course, there's a, there's something very special about being part of it, particularly in the centenary year that that we're in this year and Porsche returning to the top. But in terms of being able to like kick back and watch a really good race all weekend, buzzing for it. To be honest with you, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Beautiful weather. I think it's going to be a great weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing all the uh, non-track update action from the collective and people who are out there. A bit of the carnage. Sunburn. The carnage (laughs) and chaos. Yeah, yeah. Of the the Brits abroad on tour at Le Mans. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. We look forward to that. We're hoping to just to give a little bit of an injection of Le Mans theme um, in an upcoming episode chat to Ben Barker. So Ben um, has raced at Le Mans for for years and is racing there this year. By the time you've listened to this, he will have raced at Le Mans 2023 uh, for a privateer team. It's uh, golf racing. He will be in a in a 911 so we're hoping to catch up with ben he said he's up for popping on and telling us just what it's like to to race at le mans which well epic stuff so we hope to bring you that very shortly uh meanwhile shall we talk about road trips yes you're back amazing amazing obviously you were missing last week missing (laughs) yeah yeah uh held the fort i'd say you two there (laughs) we tried to we tried to (laughs) i'm surprised it was an hour long No, happy days uh yeah it was um uh, what well, i particularly enjoyed like the speculation as to where, whereabouts of the clan as you were recording you know and, and we could have been absolutely anywhere because as you pointed out max when by the time we'd got to norway uh we then all got an email and that's all it was like an email with three lines saying your ferry back from oslo to denmark has been cancelled we've lumped you on a different one which is on the same day and the same time but from christian sand which is another oh, yeah. four hours past oslo from where we were so that was a big drive that day but um yeah to surmise overall we had seven cars join us on the 2023 nine works road trip spectacular to norway we covered three and a half thousand miles wow. over eight days going through seven countries including our own that's so, amazing that's a proper road trip isn't yeah. it yeah quality Absolutely. how worn out was everybody um quite a lot i think yeah there, there were there were a lot of miles but do you know what and um you'll hear this later on so just for to kind of premise this from the start to people listening at home we're gonna chat to jürgen bath this episode because jürgen was at our destination hotel in norway 
we're going to hear from one of the places we stopped off, which was the Heritage Park Centre European HQ. And then right at the end, so we all had Flexi Plus tickets to come back, but we just got to Calais for the Eurotunnel um, when the trains, because it was quite late at night at this stage, where the trains went from every like 40 minutes to two hours. Oh, yeah. So we had two hours chilling in the Flexi Plus lounge. So we bossed the microphones out and we had a chat. <laughs> Did you have lots of macaroons? So uh, well, this is the thing. It was it was so late at night that all that uh, closed. So we just like uh, raided the coffee and crisps, basically. And um, but you'll hear from that. We're all knackered. But uh, I don't know. It was just an adrenaline filled eight days. And, and we just made our own kind of little community on the road in, in a way. Yeah. We became a little family, which is incredible. Um the majority of us hadn't met before before doing this thing and it's it's one of them i think it always takes and we cover this a bit later on takes a certain type of person a certain type of adventurer to say oh yeah i quite fancy driving to norway f- yeah from the let's uk and, and do doing that with a with a bunch of strangers you know let's yeah, yeah let's do it so it was it was always going to go like one of two ways really um so everybody's rolled the dice to be there and similarly with nine works you know you put something out there and say look hey we're gonna we're going to do this event to go and see our friends at Porsche Club Norway. If you'd like to come along, you're most welcome. And uh, it only takes one social hand grenade to kind of ruin it for everybody. Um, and that just didn't it didn't happen. It wasn't there. I genuinely couldn't have wished to have a better group of people come along on that road trip. It, you know, you know, the thing is, don't you, that the, the social hand grenade doesn't realise they're the social hand grenade. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Who's that then, Andy? <laughs> So yeah, it was it was very very special from from that point of view. Uh, you know, and you guys know how it is. And Andy, you come along to the the Wales road trip from earlier Absolutely. this year. And you know, we have this tradition of we leave the WhatsApp. We we start a WhatsApp group. So people can introduce themselves and their cars. So by by the time you turn up, you're at least familiar with names and faces and cars. But as the road trip goes on, it's used to you know, hey guys, meet you at, here for dinner tonight, and you know sharing locations we can see how we're getting on in transit but then post road trip we leave the group open and just say look if anybody is i don't know tipping up to bista heritage on a sunday and just wants to see if anyone's around gives a shout out or whatever it started with a 996 road trip last year which is that conversation is still in full swing people still comment on it weekly and as you saw with the wales trip all the guys still chat from that and it and it's been the same with norway people kind of sharing you know how depressing it is to be back in the real world <laughs> and having to do jobs and stuff rather than drive nice cars to nice yeah. places so it's just really nice and harness is a big part of of what we're about at nine works which is that community aspect yeah it's great yeah. really good it, it just keeps going as well doesn't it the whatsapp groups with um yeah things that are relevant to that group of people yeah, yeah it's nice yeah, yeah it was nice. it was really cool so lots of you know i asked people why why are you here basically and lots of people had different reasons for it you know some um always wanted to go to norway uh one uh, james who flew in from grenada uh, to oh, pick, yeah. pick a car up in, in the uk and then drive with us to norway actually his target had a bit of bit of uh problem uh, i think it was an injector problem so he couldn't bring it the porsche dealership told him like a day before that it's, it's not going to be possible so he brought his yaris gr um what a machine that is by the way jesus the the just the, the the turn of pace and the grip out of corners is just unbelievable it was like a guided missile but anyway um you know he, he was planning a trip to norway anyway this year or next and then the nine works newsletter landed in the inbox and then 
bosh all of a sudden let's go to that and yeah Yeah. you know so the stars are aligning so there were various kind of you know various reasons among people for going along and yeah as i say the stars just aligned for all of us really so great stuff Uh, any car troubles we had a couple of bits yeah some standout moments um mike and simon had a battery issue so when we got off we had an overnight ferry from denmark to oslo which again was really pleasant to be honest with you and it was nice to kind of do two you know kill two birds with one stone get a, a bit of kip and uh keep traveling keep moving yeah yeah, yeah. a lot, lot, lot of distance to cover but yeah when we uh tipped off the boat at oslo um yeah there was a slight battery issue so yeah we found a place um hold up in a car park for a little bit at service station all had a McFlurry each that Mike and Simon bought us. It was like an, an apology <laughs> McFlurry. Not that there was an apology needed at all. They were just like, well, sorry, guys, we're going to be here for a couple of hours. So here's an ice cream on us, which was really kind. So, yeah, meanwhile, Mike just um, went off and got a new battery. So that was happy days. I had an issue, which, yeah, entirely my own fault. I have a GoPro usually mounted on my driver's side window or passenger side window to yeah. get B-roll when I'm filming. And this was when we were at Norway. We'd gone out. The first full day we were there, we went for a drive up into the mountains with the Porsche Club Norway folk that, that we met there. And I just completely forgot about the GoPro, which was properly suckered onto the, the glass. Yeah. And I put, popped the window down. Yes. And as the, as the GoPro like suction mount got to the bottom of the window pane, the glass wanted to keep going, obviously, but the suction cup was like, no, I'm not having it. I'm staying yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the driver's side window basically like twisted in the running yeah yeah so then if you went to then do the window back up it was going backwards and overlapping the rear quarter window um, you know and i haven't actually said at this point so my passenger was my dad which was amazing like really cool to do that experience with him and uh Dad still talking. Sprang in, sprang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> time. I think I've just about um, recovered the lack of sleep from all the snoring the old boy gets through. Uh, but yeah, you know, Dad at that point performed the, the sole, the sole role, the main role of what Dad's are for, which is fixing son's bugger ups. Basically, <laughs> and, um, you know, we got back to the hotel. He's pulled the uh, the door membrane off, fixed the fixed the window. It did and, make me um, chuckle seeing the little pictures of that. Then thinking back to Wales, like, yeah, yeah, very deja vu with mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the difference <laughs> is, Andy, you know what you're doing, and you're able to fix it yourself at the roadside. Whereas <laughs> I don't, as I say all the time. Lucky you took your dad. Mechanic, so, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And he told me as well because that was a weekend job. That's double time. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, um, yeah. Yeah. Just, was, thinking back to how slow the windows used to move sometimes on my 997 I'm, I'm surprised it was that much of a battle i thought a gopro sucker would have easily beaten the motor on a 996 bloody electric window i thought yeah, that would have just yeah. gone, <laughs> smoke would have popped out of it it would have just gone boom yeah this is it this is it i mean it's 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 happened once or twice in the past um but it was just weird like this time for whatever reason the the, the suction cup just put up a jolly good fight won. Yeah. And, um, and one yeah so it's kind of one of those i was panicking because obviously the window wouldn't do up and we're trying to like pull the glass pane up while uh using the the button to to yeah. raise it electrically and it wasn't happening and i was thinking oh no we've got 1500 miles to get home <laughs> you know i'm gonna have to do it all with a window down that's gonna be a bit drafty isn't it oh my god especially on the autobahn but it was fine there was um, a funny moment on the autobahn and we can laugh about it now um so i got pulled over <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Got pulled over by the Deutsche Five O. That was uh, hilarious. So you looked, um, you looked quite. Um, what's the word? Sort of guilty in um, your um, in your bodily 
as you were holding yourself and talking, you were like, holding know, myself. Look, yeah, you know, you, there's a I certain was, look like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was trying to show a lot of mercy. So oh, the, yeah. the, the long and short of it is, um, we'd, we were quite near the top. So we'd just crossed over into Germany from Denmark, really. Yeah, we were on the autobahn. We were on a de-restricted section. However, there were only two lanes, and there were two lorries in front either side. Um, and so we were kind of stuck. Our British contingent, I think there were six of our cars because Mark in his Turbo S cab pressed on. Um, there were six of us in this kind of row waiting for this lorry to kind of crack on, and then there was uh, this black Merc like E class just pulled out of the back, undertook all of us, and tried to lump in in front of me in between myself and the lorry ahead. Yeah. And like loads of people have tried to like undercut us the whole journey and everything else. You know, they see a row of Porsches and want to kind of take the mickey. And I was like, who's this absolute joker? So I was like, absolutely no way. My dad in the passenger seat next to me, who's not a very good passenger, uh, put it this way, for, for those three and a half thousand miles, every mirror was checked by my co-pilot you know <laughs> as much as i was looking ahead at all times you know so was the co-pilot you know there's a car ahead leak yes i know dad yeah i've seen that don't don't seen that's gonna put yeah i seen the car's gonna pull out dad it's fine and um so yeah any case he's immediately going lee just leave it just let him go just let him go and i'm going no dad no bollocks to him but i'm not letting him in i'm not letting him in so i squeezed up to the lorry and he's this car is really trying to then cut in as if i wasn't there so yeah, I sort of started straddling both lanes. Ooh. Oh, and uh, and then I didn't realise this guy was trying to wave at me. And then this window, driver's side window, went down on the Merc. And then this sign whipped out saying "Halt!" <laughs> no. And then uh, yeah, so and then this electric Volgan yeah. sign popped up. So it's like, ah, oh, game over. Absolutely, game over. We pulled into a services, and I'm thinking, right, okay uh s took me lied sorry in german that'll work so i've jumped out gone straight over yes took me lied any case my german friends in the in the police force have jumped out screamed at me get back in your car <laughs> i thought oh they're going to take me to the cleaners here it's game over <laughs> it's absolutely game over and um yeah i got a big telling off I said, uh, look, people have been undercutting us the whole time. I thought you were doing it. So you're breaking, you know, some sort of road convention here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely sorry. I shouldn't have done it. It was, it was bad and reckless driving on my behalf. Uh, luckily, I mean, the, the, the people with us, uh, James actually in the Yaris, he carried on. Um, but actually the rest of the group pulled in with us, which was extremely noble. I'd have, yeah. I'd have left that shitstorm where it was and carried on. <laughs> you know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's nothing to do with me. But the guys all pulled in as well, which was lovely. And, and again, kind of showed the family spirit that was, uh, was present. Solidarity. But, um, yeah. 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 But, uh, so yeah, I held my hands up and I said completely, I, I accept I was, I was being a Wally and I'm very sorry. And, uh, after a quick check of passports and everything else, um, we were allowed on our way and the guy calmed right down actually. And, uh, it was quite funny. He said, you know, on the autobahn, you can go as fast as you like. However, you must keep right unless you are overtaking. So the lane you were in, you were too slow for that lane. And I didn't want to be saying, look, did we not see the Arctic lorry? Lorry that was, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the long and short of it is thing. I'm the first person in the history of the de-restricted autobahn to be told off for going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was that was quite good, but um, 
Yeah. How, how was how was the car at the times when you could go quick? Or did you spend the whole time behind that lorry? No, it's it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I would say that you know the 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 guys cracked on a little bit more than I did. Um, again, like my dad, he's kind of I wouldn't even say his his level of comfort. It was like basically he he couldn't fill his pants anymore past 130 so it was that was it when we're on the way there it got to 130 he was actually asleep i've got it all on camera there's a nine watch tv video going out and you see it. he's fast asleep and then he wakes up and we're doing 130 and he's going lee that's enough that's enough that's enough <laughs> so that was it and then like you know again he's because uh, as we know you know advanced driving performance driving we've had people on the podcast to explain you know your your eyesight is on the end of a fishing rod and you're constantly throwing it at the horizon because when you're doing that speed you're there in a second or so so you're constantly managing what's coming ahead and everything but you know dad's telling us need that lorry and whatever and blah 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 in the end he just he could just couldn't take it so he went oh screw it i'm just gonna go to sleep and that was how we managed it all autobahn sections he'd go to sleep and basically just hope <laughs> when when he when he woke up again that like the drama was over. alive yeah and he was there that that was exactly it but like so yeah so we kind of i curtailed our velocity at 130 um but some of the other guys cracked on nigel i mean wow Ledfoot, as as we all know dear nigel from the the nine works uh 996 trip last year from wales this year Nigel is very much driven, not hidden, with his 996 C4 cab um, with the Tiptronic box, which he, at first on the trip, not too sure, think I might try and swap out for something else. But in the end, really enjoyed the gearbox and felt it helped him get a lot from the car over that journey. But, I mean, he sailed past me and he was he was well over 150. Uh, Mike with his C4S, again, you know, way past. I think he, he 279 clicks. He he got to before his passenger said enough's enough so you know these cars are 20 years old and still utterly flying and performing yeah. faultlessly you know uh mark with his 991 turbo s cab I, I dread to think what what speed he got up to yeah. but it's a as we said on a pod earlier this year ideal car for the trip potentially um that's yeah. cap capable of 200 mile an hour he'd uh, just had a litchfield remap up to a 640 horsepower it's a 992 Turbo S spec and uh, had an Akropovich exhaust feed, which sounded amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah, terminal velocity reach there, I'm, I'm sure. And everyone, everyone just cracking on, to be honest. So I think it showed because we had a mixture of 991s and 996s plus the GR interloper. With particular reference to the 996s just showed, again, faultless engineering, 20, 25 years old in my car's case, just able to bosh out that sort of mileage in that sort of time and to do it all comfortably and perfectly and faultlessly is incredible actually yeah incredible oh. um i've got to give a shout out to jeremy as well he's got a 991 carrera t jeremy and sue bought theirs along um it had been fettled by litchfield and prior to that road trip i hadn't really been fussed by any of that i've always i had always thought a carrera t is just a brilliant car for the road don't mess with it just leave it as is get a driver's spec car and enjoy it for what it is mm -hmm. um i'm so impressed with what those guys at litchfield have done with that car oh my god i hope to to arrange a test drive really if i can and do a video on it because what what the guys have done is is incredible i mean it was mapped to 550 but it's not just a remap there was um, new turbos on there gts turbos 
the car i mean it sounded incredible like all the the pops and bangs you get for a car of that age but it it i don't know something was different it just sounded a little bit more raucous i would say obviously an amazing turn of pace but even sitting behind that carrera t on the autobahn you could hear the turbos like spinning up and spooling away from in inside our car they were really loud really loud um phenomenal phenomenal car like yeah i'd I'd really like to to have a look at that a little bit more jeremy's car was a tin top manual it had rear axle steer i think but like otherwise it's just like complete purity lovely but yeah what a machine just the way the way it went and the way it sounded really really impressed with that really impressed with it um yep and then jeevan and and natasha brought along a 991.1 gts c4 which again just just handled everything with a plum autobahn mountain pass everything in between an exquisite car and they sound so nice as well don't they those you know that last naturally aspirated uh gts so yeah a, a good good lineup of cars an amazing crew of people as i said like fantastic and um just thanks to the guys at Porsche Club Norway for inviting us along. To be honest, you, you, you'll remember they invited Laura and I out last year and uh, invited us back this year and said, if you want to bring any friends from Nine Works, you're very welcome to. And that was quite special. Andy, I know, like, you know, you bonded with your SC on that Wales trip and, and mm. said it kind of usurped your expectations, really, or exceeded them. It kind of did it with my car. I've done a lot of, lot of road trips in that car, but what blew my mind this time was. I just kept thinking the last time I was in this part of Norway a year ago, it took me two flights and an hour's transfer in a brand new Porsche to get to these lovely mountain roads into our hotel. Yeah. This time to get here, I've just driven off my drive, uh, you know, and again, in a, car, nuts, in a car that old. Yeah. And to me, that that's just why we love cars. It's why I love cars so much. When I, it was my dad, funny enough, when I passed my test, he said, you can go anywhere now you've passed your test the world opens up to you if you've got yeah. a set of wheels and he's completely right and and to kind of to do all of that off off your own car and go where you want when you want oh it's just the love of motoring as far as i can see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the spirit of adventure as you say to go definitely. in that direction that yeah. far definitely yeah without doubt you know and again there, there were big miles there, there were some big big miles involved but everybody was just really happy to do it and We've said before on the podcast, other the, the beauty of a Porsche is, and particularly a 911, it can do everything pretty well. There might be other cars that are much better at a certain facet, whether it's track or, you know, whatever, but they'll fall down in other areas where there's a, a 911 has, has got every base covered, really, you know, to, a, to an acceptable standard. So yeah. a great, great car in which in which to do that sort of miles, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They're great mile munchers, aren't they? You know, it's not the thing that you think of them necessarily for, but they're brilliant, comfortable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and again, something else we've said before about how the the cars take on a different character on the continent, and and they really do. You, it just emphasises the cars are made for the for the continent, with the particularly reference to the autobahns, but everything else. They they just deliver. That's what they do. They just deliver in in a really special way um so yeah all in all a a fantastic trip again thanks to ola and thomas and rags and henrik and everybody from porsche club norway for allowing us english folk to join your porsche club sunmore region um annual 
Hootenanny <laughs> to, um, <laughs> to Garanga Ford. It was, it was really special to be part of it. Fantastic to meet Jürgen Barth again. Uh, Andy, you and I last bumped into him at Le Mans Classic last year. Yes, yeah. So it was nice to spend a little bit more time with Jürgen. He did a big, uh, a big old presentation the last evening that the Norway guys were there, um, t- talking through his detailed career. I mean, he's done everything. He's you know won most things, and he's built a lot of cars. He was very kind enough to sit down with us for about half an hour um, before he left and, and went back to Germany. So we could drop that section in now and just see what what Jürgen had to say with our little chat. Perfect. Let's have a listen. Jürgen Barth, welcome to Nine Works Radio. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us. Um, it was a fascinating chat that you held for Porsche Club uh, Norway in the Sunmore region last night. <coughs> you must share, and you must start this conversation, I feel, by sharing um, your anecdote of 220 kph in a 928 while towing a 908. <laughs> Yeah, because at this time, uh, these little spoilers in the back of the 908 start to work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you all of a sudden have uh, a lift in the rear of your 928. <laughs> <laughs> Proves the, uh, yeah, the all-round uh, durability of a 928, I'm yeah. sure, you know. Yeah, very, very, very funny. Um, how would you describe yourself Jürgen because you have done everything at Porsche I've just found out obviously that that you're responsible for forming the extensive archive that Porsche has Um, you helped with the rally teams you did racing you worked in the press department so how would you describe your role at Porsche over the years? You have to understand that at the time uh, Porsche was quite a small firm and uh, (coughs) when I started my uh, apprentices after uh, my father died. Uh, it was Huschke von Hanstein who took over a little bit the, the fathership of, of, uh, of me. And then, of course, after the apprentices, I went directly into the press sports department. And there, it was homologations. I was occupying it. The presentation of new cars. The press test cars. Because the press department was about six people, you know, uh, there was uh, Klaus Reichert, uh, which was occupying uh, the, how to say, the normal press day. And there was Ilse Nedele, which was a secretary of Huschke. And we had two more secretaries, and, and that's it, you know. That was press department at mm. the time. So uh, I had, at a certain moment, I had the touch to build up uh, the archive, uh, photo archive especially, uh, and then uh, also to get all the cars which we had stationed in uh, or parked in some, uh, how to say, garages or uh, at some farmers, mm-hmm. uh, to get them together and to start building up the first museum, uh, which was in Kondal at the, at the uh, customerizing department, where I think also started working there. Yeah, yeah. Um I think it's worth touching on uh, the role that your father played, uh, Edgar, because I think it's fair to say you kind of grew up really, certainly with cars, but also kind of Porsche when you moved from EMW. Yes, of course. Uh, It's uh, because my father was uh, uh, doing actually the same thing which I did afterwards, uh, looking after the customers, looking after the 
uh, how to say the administrative administrative work of uh, factory factory racing, and uh, so it was easy for me to continue there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've, again, you, you you must tell um, for the benefit <coughs> of listeners uh, your story uh, where you had the if found return to pit box. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a little uh, signed when uh, I was um, two, three, four years old. Yeah. Uh, and it was written on it when I I got lost. Uh, please return to pick, pick number <laughs> service or service Fantastic! <laughs> Sounds like the best childhood. Um, you started at Porsche in 1963, um, the same year as the as the 911, of course. So 60 years ago this year. Yes, yes. Um, what was the company like at the time? <coughs> well, the company had uh, at this, at this time 1,800 uh, workers uh, compared to 38,000 of today. So it was a really small company and. Uh, uh, the nice thing at the time being, uh, especially when we've been uh, doing the apprentices things, the apprentices department just been side, beside uh, the production line of uh, the 911s, ancient production line, and not far away from the office of uh, uh, Professor Porsche. And he came down nearly every week at least once to say hello and see what's going on and uh, how we are and so on, which was nice. And created um, the Porsche family, if you like to say so. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think... Um, and then even Wolfgang came down, Wolfgang Porsche came down uh, at a certain stage to work with me also uh, in the apprentices department just to make a practicum. And we managed it together to d- dismantle a four-cylinder engine uh, in 26, uh, 26 minutes. <laughs> Ludicrous, even by today's <laughs> standards, you know. Because the problem was when the engines didn't have enough power, they dismantled it and then we put the p- parts back into the production line and they built other engines with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I'd be keen to know, Jürgen, so when... Um, when I and other enthusiasts today think of Porsche. We think of a company and a car. For you, you could think of the family. Yeah. You know, having having met and, and, and worked with them and, and spent a lot of time with the, the Porsche family over the years. So I'd I'd be keen to know what they were like as people. Well, it's 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 been like us, you know. It's it was for us. It was never a question of. <coughs> Asking some more money to 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 make now over hours, we did it. Yeah, yeah. You you see, that that's uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, you you feel like you are inside the family and you do it for the family. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I was living winning Le Mans, the week, <coughs> sorry, the week after. I was sent with my toolbox to Australia to make service for Service Love Sasada and the London Sydney Rally. Yeah. I mean, find find a race driver which was winning Le Mans who does the same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then there's a the mechanic the next week. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. So um, did you consider it, therefore, say, uh, and, and other members of staff at the time, was it like a, a, a privilege to be there? Did you look at it that way or not? Yes, of course, because uh, I think uh, since everyone in the factory uh, been nearly having the same attitude, yeah, it was a pleasure to work there. Yeah, and I remember there was some at a certain sta- stage uh, there was some strikes uh, from the 
metal workers in, in Stuttgart and uh, the production line was stopped. So they put us apprentices uh, into the production line and we built the, the, the 9-11s. Yeah, yeah. It's so far removed from today. Yeah, and, and exactly. And set up yeah. today. That's fascinating. Um, so... 1969 was uh, the first time you kind of climbed behind the wheel of a, a Porsche competitively. Yeah. And, and you mentioned at last night's conversation how uh, you learned from Gerard LaRousse and Bjorn Valdegaard, which is, they're not bad people to learn from in terms of racecraft and how, exactly, and exactly. how to drive. Yes, yeah. Very, very, very cool. Um, I, I'd just like to know what that, was, what that was like, really. And did you find that you had a preference for rallying over circuit racing? No, not for me. It was was egal, uh, either circuit or, or rallying. Yeah. Uh, nearly a little bit. Uh, I liked the rallying a bit more because you drive a lot more. Yeah. Okay. So for and long much periods. longer. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I liked uh, long distance races. I didn't like so much short distance races. Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So is that time at like because you can have time with the car and like learn about? Yeah. The car yeah it's a, it's just uh, you like to 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 sit in the car and drive. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all. Yeah. That's the passion again. And, and yeah. again, I think that's it's really important to point out for the camera because not mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think, realise that your racing endeavours you did in your spare time. So you would work at the press department or, or at Porsche Monday to Friday, uh, nine to five, as we would exactly. call now, although many more hours, as you said. And, and then in your spare time going off to race, that's yeah. quite incredible. That, that's, uh, that's, but that's here again, it's uh, just a nearly normal thing, you know. <laughs> I think uh, you, Jürgen, so you had a reputation for uh, like with regards to racing for really looking after the cars. That must have helped with your mechanical background you had a mechanical empathy for the cars no of course when you learn mechanic and then you've been involved especially in rallying then you are faced with uh, with uh, problems there yeah? especially in africa and whatsoever with shock absorbers or with uh, like i said uh, in africa after a muddy stage uh, you had 150 kilos of mud in the car <laughs> and things you had to get off and and you know it's all all such things uh, and of course, uh, um, uh, learning mechanic, it, it gives you the idea what can you do and what not, you cannot do, you know. Mm, mm. And I must have stood you in good stead at Le Mans, of course, winning in 77, but pays into the adage of to finish first, first you must finish. Yeah. Bring exactly, the car yeah, home. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. There's again something you said yesterday, uh, the Tour de France ST. Um, and <coughs> saving weight, <coughs> or weight saving on bottles of champagne, if you wouldn't mind retelling it, because that was fantastic. Well, it was Gérard Larousse, he, he wants always a, uh, wanted always a light car, Yeah. and um, since the, one of his, his cars, which he really liked, was um, uh, the 911R, but at the time the 911R, not more homologated, because of um, uh, it was uh, much earlier, and then Gerard came with the idea of building a really light ST, which we did. And the deal was when Gerard offered us one bottle of champagne for every kilo under 800 kilos, <laughs> uh, we got 11 bottles of champagne. <laughs> but afterwards, we found out that we forgot to take off the last 20 kilos of, or 20 liters of fuel, which was left in the car <laughs> when we uh, waited, you know. 
<laughs> it's a fantastic story. So you never got those last 20 bottles that you wrote. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I find it in- incredible. The, um, the 73 RS, the 2.7 RS, as Porsche calls it, being um, 50 years old. And, and in your role on the press team at the time, you were responsible for the promotional side of that. No, on the press, press side end, I did the homologation. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I did uh, all the Porsche homologations from when, when I started in press department in 69. Yeah. Uh, actually, until I was, uh, I was uh, finishing at Porsche. But in between, I did all the homologations. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I think what always uh, surprises me is how different the 2.7 RS and the 3 litre RS cars are. They, you know, there's one model year between them, but they're completely different cars and they drive kind of completely differently. Yeah, but I think that, that was, um, since we went from the F body work to the G body work, automatically you have a little different car, but the technique yeah. underneath will still be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You had the 915 gearbox and the, the normal 911 engine, uh, which we knew from the 2.7, mm. and it was just tuned up for more power. Yeah, like brakes, for example, you know. Yeah, brake, and we needed, because the concurrent, uh, they had the possibility to go uh, much wider tires, which we couldn't do with a, a 2.7 homologation, yeah. with a 2.8. Uh, that's why we had to build first a, um, a 3-liter RS as a, as a street car, and then to be able to make the RSR to get the 10 centimeters out uh, of the bodywork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, following on from that, so the SCRS, obviously you were heavily involved with the SCRS program. Yeah. It was, it's, a, it's a rally car, really. If you, if you, if you think of uh, uh, the previous RSs that we've just spoken about, they are kind of really r- races for, for tarmac. Was there ever any um, intention to build those as road cars and SCRS because well, there were 21 I believe yeah 21 I 21 think, yeah. yeah it was they, obviously that when, when you look back in history when we're talking about RSs there's a big gap in the road cars between the 27 the 3 litre RS and then the 964 RS the, the SCRS is in is in the middle there of course yeah, but they were SCRS, competition uh, lucky wise uh, we had um, the connection with Rossmanns and David Richards, and when we created this idea with the management to build this uh, 20 uh, CRSs to continue uh, homologation to be able to run still races with uh, rallies with uh, 9-11, uh, they put up their hand saying, oh, we are interested in, in the Middle East Championship and, and so on. Because it was a time when <coughs> the FIA forbid uh, the four-wheel drive cars. So only two-wheel drive cars got uh, able to run uh, Group B, two, uh, two-wheel drive Group B cars being able okay. to run in rallies. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So this was a really the good power uh, two-wheel drive car and um, we could do directly the championship visit, the uh, Middle East championship. Rossmanns took over directly five cars. And the other, other cars went so fast away that, you know, we sold them, so we, we don't need to, to make any, anything special. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Was, was there ever later down the line saying that in the 1980s we had the, the 3.2 Carrera Club Sport? But there, there was no kind of RS for that period, really. And it's, mm. I, I really like the Club Sport. I think they're, they're really underrated, but there's a real difference between, in concept, the Club Sport and then a Ren Sport. 
isn't there? Um, yeah, was, yeah. was there ever any uh, a, a discussion as to having a Rennsport for that time? Or no, but the problem was um, that you have to see the the chronology of uh, politics uh, in FIA also. Yeah, um, that in in the eighties. Uh, beginning of the 80s, when we built the 20 SCISs, we've been fully in the Group C program also in it. We built 160 uh, Group C cars in the customer racing department, and uh, the factory was racing them and the customers racing them. So I was quite occupied with my new department, which we built up in, in Weissach in, in 82. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, Bernie, your friend in England, decided uh, uh, he needs engine for Formula One because we had in uh, we had uh, in Group C uh, at least seven man manufacturers occupying now Group C at the end of uh, the eighties, and Bernie didn't like it. Right? Yeah. And then we had the problems at Mercedes and Peugeot with Jean Todt. Uh, both would like to go into Formula One. And here the Porsche management clearly did uh, say, no, we are going not to build a racing engine. We race either with, uh, only with our, our production engines like in Group C. Yeah. Because uh, um, as, uh, in Group C, the regulation says that you have to run with an engine block which is homologated in a streetcar. Yeah, yeah. But how, how do you look back on that period, Jürgen? Because from the outside, it seems like it was a crazy time at Porsche. There was a lot going on. Um, you had the, the transaxle cars competing with the 911s. Porsche heavily involved and winning most years at, at, at Le Mans. Um, Peter Schutz was trying to put engines into aeroplanes. Um, there was obviously the 959 project as well, which, which we all kind of know about. There seemed like there was a, a lot going on for what was still a very small company at the time. Yeah, because we had to get a lot of things going on because we needed to make money. Yeah, yeah. And the normal sales was not so good. We had the problem with, uh, with the 911 that uh, it was too loud for... Uh, with, with the air-cooled engine uh, was too loud for the registration in the future. So that's why the AD came with the, with the transactional cars. Yeah. And um, and so on, you know. Mm, mm. How, what was your view on the transaxle cars? As you were saying last night, I mean, you've had considerable success like in competition with the transaxle cars. Um, yeah, what, what's your uh, feeling of them? In comparison to, to the 9-11, for example? No, it's, it's, it's um, how to say, uh, 924 was a nice nice handling uh, race car, rally car, mm -hmm. uh, without any doubt. And uh, the good thing was you had enough space in the back. You had no problem with the homologation because of the noise, yeah. uh, because the engine was in front. And uh, we made it possible with a with a uh, 924 rally to show it's been able to run in rallies. And with a 924 GTS, uh, I think we we proved it even better. Yeah. And uh, 928, it's the same thing. It was a fantastic uh, car to travel uh, on the outroads. And I remember still my. 
my last uh, GTS I had, uh, it had over 60,000 kilometers. And normally for factory cars, we have to give them after 20, 30,000 kilometers away. So I got always calls from the from the department for the cars and saying, oh, you have to give your car, you have to give your car. <laughs> I didn't want to give it away. And uh, funny thing was that um, I drove always to Paris for the FIA meetings. Yeah. And my record between the FIA Place de la Concorde and my home at Biedigheim near Stuttgart, three hours, 30 minutes. With fuel, two fuel tanks. Yeah, really. <laughs> there was no speed limits at the yeah. time. <laughs> I can very well imagine. Yeah, yeah, the qualifier. Um, I, I, I cannot talk to you without mentioning the C4 lightweight, 964. Yeah, yeah. That is a really cool car, a really special car. Not a lot of people will perhaps even know about it. I mean, there were 20 of them, I believe. Yeah, 20, 21 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very cool car. No, but it's a normal, it was a normal mo movement because Group C finished in 69, uh, in, in 96, uh, 99. Uh, no, hold on, uh, what I'm talking, 95? Uh, no, 85, 87, 89, uh, 90. Okay, yeah. 90. Yeah. Um so, which means I could not build any more any uh, race cars for in in my department, and I had forty pupils in my department, customer racing department, which building the cars, which keeping the the parts and whatsoever. And at the time, it was also for us. It was, for example, allowed to sell gearboxes to Mazda, to uh, Courage, and and other guys, ancient engines also. And uh, a lot of people, for example, don't know that uh, uh, Jackie X at a certain moment, he bought some uh, 911 with gearboxes uh, from us to, to put it in the ladders. And then he drove in the ladders with the Porsche engines. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 And then uh, a friend of mine from America came. And the problem was that we had in, in the Barida car, they had about 20, uh, 25, uh, uh, spare parts, um, ordered. Mm. And these, uh, pieces are lying in the, in my, uh, customer racing department. Like I've been handling also at the time the TAC Formula One parts, uh, in the customer racing, uh, storage. So at the one moment, the guys uh, from the finance saying, oh, you have to high stock, you have to get uh, <laughs> off the stock. And there was the 25 transaxles, not transaxles, uh, gearboxes with yeah. front, front wheel drive. Uh, and then a friend of mine, Kerry uh, Morse from America came and he had the idea to build some of, uh, uh, for some uh, uh, club racing in America. Uh, this type of car, which we did. And it was a car which was really interesting because we ma kept the manual regulations of the uh, limited slips uh, in front and in rear. Yeah. And that makes the car different in handling. And in club racing, it's fun because you can uh, uh, play with it. You Change know. on the fly. Uh, exactly. Really. Yeah, yeah. And we built these cars. I had my guys occupying 
in the in the uh, customizing department, and uh, we made some money. And now the cars are uh, quite worth a lot of money <laughs> yeah. because they are special. And uh, it was good for the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very cool cars. Very But at cool the cars. same time, when we built these uh, lightweights, I after the finish of Group C, I started to uh, trying to to uh, set up a new series because already in Group C, I was uh, involved in the uh, Oscar organization Together with Chris Parsons, I was handling the organization of all the races around the world. And then here, for the future, we needed some racing. Mm. Otherwise, uh, you could close the departments, you know. And uh, lucky-wise, I was in, still in the FIA as a representative for the manufacturers. And so I could talk to the Japanese manufacturers, other manufacturers. And we starting slowly to set up a new group of GT racing where I used the old, old rules, um, technical rules from 74, group four rules, and we started PPR yeah. together with Rattel and with Patrick Peter. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was, and this is what, again, I find incredible. So that surely was done in your spare time because you are still working at Porsche at the yeah, time. Yeah, but Porsche was always, how to say, it was always with a, We said, okay, from the management, yeah. I could do these things there. Yeah. Like you saw, saw yesterday that I've been doing things for Opel uh, and and uh, doing some rallies uh, for Toyota, Opel and whatever. It's just to be still in the business yeah. in case we decide to to go in rallies again. So at least you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, th this is it. It was clearly beneficial to Porsche. Exactly. With, with the, the formation yeah. of, of BPR. Um, Jürgen, I'd be keen to know then, you've, you've done so much and we've only touched on a few things. Maybe we could get you on a, another time to talk about many other facets of your career. But it'd be great to understand what you feel is your greatest achievement at Porsche. Well, I, I would say, of course, uh, winning Le Mans, it's the uh, most, most important thing. But um, for us, it was not the factor of winning or whatever. It was just that the factory was doing well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the customers happy. Yeah. Because that's the most important thing uh, for us was always uh, to put the customer first. And if the customer is happy, then it talks around and uh, you get new customers, but also old customers come and, and buy the cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Le Mans obviously always been so important to Porsche. Um, so, yeah, I can only imagine how that must feel to have delivered a, an overall Le Mans success for Porsche in 77. But again, you know, so many other bits and pieces you've done, um, the creation of the cars, creation of race series. Um, I almost didn't expect you to say Le Mans, actually. What what you wanted to ex Well, but Le Mans, I think it's, it's still the greatest race in the world. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Of course, my, my victory at Nürburgring... Uh, Uh, is uh, equal as um, as Le Mans in a certain way, uh, but also you know winning a class in Monaco. Uh, it's it's as important, you know. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very very cool, Jürgen. Um, uh, alongside all of that, meanwhile, you were also publishing uh, books on Porsche um, and racing, of course. So why why did you want to do that? Uh, well, my first book uh, was a big Porsche book, 
which again here, because when you build up an archive, you need also something where uh, customers, dealers can look uh, fast into it and see what type of car was it and how many cars been built and things like this. And that's we did with a, with a big Porsche people. And um, then afterwards I, I went into the special types of, of cars, like the Porsche 906, uh, 934, 935. But here again, it was always the wish of Dr. Porsche also to nail down the cars. Mm. That we could, how to say, protect the goods of the customer. Which was really, simple, really important. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, up even to my last last book, the, the Racing and Recipes, which is a fun book only because I like to cook sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when you travel around the world, uh, you learn a lot. And uh, together with the stories of, uh, for example, uh, my cooking recept on, on the Targa Florio is spaghetti with uh, Stuttgart sausages. Uh, why? Because at the time of my father raising there, uh, the mechanics of, of Porsche, they took the food with them because they were worried to get poisoned in Italy eating something Italian. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, so they took the, the sausages with them. So I put the sausages and the spaghetti together, and uh, it's a good good food, and everyone likes it when, when <laughs> I cook it at home. You know, that's a racist. That is a genuine passion of yours. Yeah, is, is exactly, cooking yeah. alongside yeah, yeah. Uh, alongside racing. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. I think you know again like with the, the, the race cars you mentioned, nine oh eight and whatever, for example, it's quite tricky because, as I'm sure you'll attest to, at the time, Porsche. Um, these are the they're, they're race cars so they're built for a purpose to to, to win a race um, and they perhaps at the time wasn't really the thinking of all oh, these cars might be around in 50 years time and 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 whatever so it's i suppose very important to have those documented in history and in and in those books exactly and then of course uh, uh, i was for a long long time in the fia historic commission as the manufacturer's representative and uh, there we created rules to keep historic racing like it is. That, so make sure that the cars are exactly like this, uh, how they've been racing at the time. Yeah. And I think we succeeded, succeeded in a certain way. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's why um, Le Mans Classic is, t- to me, just as important as the 24-hour race. Because, okay, the 24-hour race has uh, cars of now and, and the future. But Le Mans Classic allows fans and enthusiasts to fully understand where these cars have come from yeah, and the yeah. lineage of motorsport and, and, and how that translates into the road. Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously, I know, I know that Le Mans Classic is a, a big passion of yours, to say the least. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what will you be racing there this year? I'm racing a, a 904 uh, with two Japanese drivers. Yeah. And... Uh, I think it's, it will be interesting. It's an old uh, French car which uh, been restored, and uh, let's wait and see, you know. Yeah, yeah, racing a 904. Sounds like a terrible day out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Okay, yeah, again, as I said, um, really appreciate this uh, maybe light dusting on, on your career because you've done so much. So if, if you could my, join us again for another pleasure. time, no that, problem. that'd be fantastic. Always. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>
Yeah. So thanks again to Jürgen Barr for joining us uh, on No Much Radio. We're really, really chuffed to hear from that. We said, uh, I think it was off the mic, actually. There's so much to cover with Jürgen. It was almost a rushed conversation because there is so much to cover. Yeah. Um, so I said, look, we'd love to have you back on and do like a feature feature chat with you and he's he's up for it so we'll oh fantastic yeah Jürgen Barth. Oh, that would be brilliant wouldn't it uh, yeah i mean without a doubt you know he he just embodies so much of porsche history yeah so yeah that was that was fantastic i do have to say as well and again like, i encourage you go and watch the nine works tv video it's a long one it's at least half an hour long but it just shows everything visually what we got up to on the road trip i just have got to mention driving troll stiggen oh oh my favourite road on planet Earth. Um, and again, amazing to do that in my own car, having done it in a yeah. in a Target GTS press car beforehand. And, and lovely to share that with the Nineworks Collective members. We got there quite late. So the, the, the guys and girls from Porsche Club Norway had left that morning. Us Brits stayed on an extra night. And uh, we had like free time in the day, did, did whatever we kind of fancied individually but then in the evening we climbed into the cars and headed off for Trollstigen, which is about an hour from our hotel via a little fjord crossing and uh yeah got there in the evening had the place to ourselves and uh just what a road what a road that is i guess it was light as well isn't it yeah it was yeah i mean it's near 24 hours daylight that time yeah. there. so um again visibility not a problem there there was an issue so Trollstigen is closed for like five six months of the year and it opened, I think, two days before we arrived. So very, it was very close. But again, like when there's snowfall and everything else, they do close roads intermittently. And in fact, the yeah. road we used to get to our hotel, which is a fantastic mountain pass, the next day that was that was closed for the day. Wow. So it's a yeah, you know, your best time really is perhaps go in July, August time if you can. Yeah. Um. So we managed to sneak it really with Trollstigen, but like, yeah, heavy like fog, but then we seemed to like rise above the fog even. And um, it was, it was wet, but that kind of added to the drama. And as we know from like the D996 on the 996 road trip last year, you don't need a mountain pass to have a great road, a great driving road, but it definitely adds to the drama when you're sewing these corners together and you look out the window and there's a big drop <laughs> it, it definitely adds to the drama particularly you know we were pushing a little bit um it was funny james in the in the gr he and i went off basically and i he was so far he he was so close to me from behind put it that way i felt like every time i looked in my rear view mirrors i could read the small of his number plate <laughs> you know like the bsau <laughs> thing yeah. and um obviously my little 996 doesn't have a lot on it but we must have been pushing because in the corners i'm again looking in the mirror and his hazards are going where he's braking so hard that system's kicking in so wow. we were we were on it but um on uh, we, we went up and down a couple of times and uh, on the last go James went ahead and just the, the ability for that car to just grip eternally is just like nothing I've ever seen before. It was honestly a guided, guided missile. So yeah, you know, you're, you're uh, straight out of a hairpin and, and its ability to just have traction and put that power down and it just goes, it just goes an incredible piece of engineering, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's got the emotion though, for me, it's, it's almost too good, isn't it? 
it needs to get out of shape a bit does it get out of shape or does it just no it never it never once got out of shape yeah. to be honest i mean yeah that's yeah i i, I agree that's definitely the other side of the coin yeah. um too good yeah 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 uh, you know yeah quite quite possibly to be fair quite possibly but just uh as something you know that wasn't of a porsche flavor i think it was quite enjoyable seeing how that car yeah handled it really um and again james and i parked the cars like next to each other and the, the wheelbase of the gr like smashes the 996 <laughs> they're big aren't they massive you know yeah. again the corner the wheels are just like fully wedged in each corner so just in terms of like balance and everything it's just unbelievable um so that was great and actually there was a we, we've got it on camera so my dad because obviously he didn't fancy a mountain pass where there's like a remote potential for death. <laughs> um, not that it would have happened, you know, but I'll leave you to it, son. Death, I'll leave you to it. Exactly that. Exactly that. A hundred percent. So there's a viewing platform at Trollstigan, which again, you must stop and have a look because it just gives you, you know, the most incredible view over this uh, basin, basically. And uh, my dad and Tash went and stood on the platform and watched the rest of our cars kind of, going all the way down this pass you can see the entirety of the road from from this viewing platform and uh they they videoed it and you can like you can hear like there's a waterfall going on and everything else but then you've just got these like six or six porsche noises you know flat sixes reverberating off the rock faces and just like this giving this cacophonous symphony through this big valley really special to be fair it's a cracking piece of video as the as the cars are driving along and just that oral side to it you know which yeah. we couldn't really appreciate fully from behind the wheel and being caught up in the yeah. action um yeah like fantastic but it, it, the, the viewing platform was that kind of high up the cars kind of look like micro machines <laughs> you know from mm. back in the day if you're familiar with that but yeah brilliant road if you're ever even remotely in norway you must 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 go and do trollstigen fantastic bit of road yeah very good what are highlights yeah i think what one of my highlights of the trip uh without a doubt so yes as i mentioned our ferry then got cancelled we had to chip on and and do a nine and a half hour drive down to Christian Sand from Garanga, which was tough. But you know what? We 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 did it and we decided as a group, right, what should we do? Um, come up with a plan of action and just did it. We just stopped every couple of hours, had a coffee, then had some lunch and you know, whatever. Just made That's sure true. everyone was yeah. was, yeah, you know, just made it part of the journey in the end. And then uh, yeah, dropped back into Denmark, obviously had our our little chat with our friends in in the German police, and then ended up at Heritage Parts Center. So friends of the podcast and, and friends of nine works andy you and i put together that really cool cars and coffee which was a collective only meeting at the uk headquarters yeah, that was great january so we kind of gave a um from the pictures from that day you could see like the size of the place basically post brexit and you're gonna hear from paul howard shortly uh who works at heritage and kind of has helped set up that side of things post brexit they've had to just create a european headquarters basically yeah. to ensure really that us as customers are getting the parts in time of course there's a cost benefit to being over there as well it's not being taxed in and then taxed as it leaves the uk again but again it's kind of that speediness of posting and delivery that is always part of the heritage experience and um, it just means yeah if you're if you're european based then you're still going to get the the, the parts you've ordered as quickly as possible which is what it's all about really with car yeah. parts yeah absolutely so it was yeah really cool to to 
go to visit that HQ and just see how they do it. So let's hear now from Paul Howard from Heritage to just kind of uh, add a little bit more meat to the bones there. Hello, uh, welcome to Sunwax Radio. We are here in Bremen at Heritage Park Centre's German HQ. I'm joined by Paul Howard, the purchasing director from the Heritage team. How are you? Very well, thank you. Excellent. It goes without saying, thank you very much indeed for welcoming us on this lovely morning, the final day of the Nineworks road trip. I think my dad was especially chuffed to see some Yorkshire tea (laughs) as part of the kind uh, tea and coffee spread. So, look, we are uh, well versed at visiting the HQ in Shoreham, Mm -hmm. so it's quite nice to see this. Well, it's not a satellite business or premises because yeah. it's massive still. But um, yeah, could you give us a little bit of an insight into what goes on here? Um, well, because of all the problems with um, import and export relating to Brexit, we had to um, to service our European customers who were very important to us. Post-Brexit, we had to open a warehouse here so that we could distribute our parts uh, around Europe with ease and with reducing the cost to the customer. Right, okay. And to save time. Because yeah. Yeah, so time is obviously yeah. a big thing, and we're used to, as you said off the mic, particularly in the UK, we're used to receiving things instantly yeah. and, and everything else. Um, so this is exclusively for European clients, yes. this, this side there. Yeah. So there's a, a clear time benefit to Euro yeah. clients. Yeah. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, so you guys obviously do everything 356 up to 997 mm-hmm. and everything in between. Yeah. You did mention, I hope, I hope we can say this on the mic, that you want to do a few more like transaxle bits yeah. and pieces maybe going forward and yeah. look at that yeah we feel they're neglected a little bit yeah yeah i wonder if um you can offer any insight into uh maybe any differing trends between the uk market and germany um it, yeah is there a difference or is it roughly the same or um i think it's roughly the same although the german cl- customers might be slightly more demanding <laughs> <laughs> really? yeah, yeah yeah incredible um, so how many members of staff you got here um there's uh six in the warehouse Two on, three on sales. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so do you expect this place to, I mean, I think you've done very well to open it like, so quickly, <laughs> by the way, because I know it's been um, a couple of years in the making. Yeah. Um, is it an operation that's likely to grow? Or? Oh, definitely, definitely. Right, okay. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So going forward, there'll be a greater yep. European focus, perhaps. Yeah, we want to, we want to expand um, what we do in Europe much, yeah. much more than we already do. Um, and... We will probably have to move in a couple of years because we'll run out of room here. Wowzers, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Is it, um, like, are there more classic, uh, obviously in numbers, because Europe, mainland Europe so is a lot bigger than the UK, but mm-hmm. maybe in percentage, do enthusiasts here tend to like drive their classics more or less from what you guys see? Or From my experience of being here quite a bit, yes, yeah. I see more daily driven classics. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. than back home. Yeah, Porsche yeah. and VW, of course. Both, yeah. You guys do yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of like clear benefits to the customer then, could mm-hmm. you just like elaborate on, on the benefits of this place being here for you? Um, from a customer's point of view, if they were buying from the UK now post-Brexit, they would probably have to wait a week or two to get their, their goods and they'd have to go through customs and pay duty and VAT on the import. Whereas now, because we've got a warehouse and the stock is located here, the retail customers and the trade customers um they can get their goods within two or three days sometimes next day really yeah and, and they haven't got anywhere in europe yeah pretty Fantastic, much yeah. and they haven't got to worry about p- customs yeah and vat yeah. and and duty yeah which is a headache because i think we've all had it historically mm-hmm. where a yeah. part arrives and um you, you, you instead of the part you get a little slip from the postman saying yeah. you've got a piece of money before yeah. you get it so yeah. yeah very cool so that is a I suppose a, a split then, really, in terms of like business ops between UK and, and, and Europe. Are they treated separately? Or uh, no, it's all 
all under one umbrella yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah well brilliant Look, it's fantastic to see that you guys are looking after european-based portion enthusiasts and mm-hmm. vw of course as much as those in the uk so yeah, um, yeah hopefully people will enjoy shot their shopping experience online and getting their parts in rapid uh, rapid time so cool <laughs> amazing uh, paul howard from heritage parts in bremen thanks very much for your time oh thank you for coming it's been okay. fun amazing and then i touched on it last week with my uh, spread the love but just again another thanks to johan so we stopped at johan's in belgium on the way home completely uh, off the cuff really asked if we wouldn't mind popping what in a good man and, uh, what a top top guy so i uh, yeah gave him that driven not hidden dorset leather key ring Andy, <laughs> and they're very special they are for collective members only but just a little thanks from us to say thanks for staying open uh late really to welcome us and show us around that amazing collection he's got yeah good man good man i bet that was an experience yeah it was i mean he's, he's yeah just such a such a good guy he'll, he'll be at Rensport reunion i'm sure so the three of us um should perhaps grab him for a chat while, yeah, while yeah. i'd like to do that that's a good idea while he's over there yeah definitely and like it was it kind of um bookended the trip quite nicely so when we started our first stop off was actually porsche center gelderland which is absolutely fantastic and to be honest boys i want to take you two over there and and, and have a look around mark veg who runs it porsche center gelderland is massive it's the first porsche classic center in the world but yeah. then mark has got his own private collection which is it looks vast. crazy the pictures yeah. yeah vast and eclectic you know there's every kind of police car 911 in there but also he's got every herbie film every ev- all seven cars from the herbie films mad so you know yeah you know and there's there's lots of like um volkswagen and audi in there as well but yeah. also a hell of a lot of porsches and yeah. uh yeah he's you know he's he's very much up for a chat so i think we should go over there because it's not far from calais at all really yeah and um I, go think, and I think that's a great idea i'd love to do that I, i've I've seen that on the gram. I think I saw it on uh, Geese on Geezer's yes Instagram first of all. I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. Yeah, I thought, what's this place? What is this yeah. place? And then I sort of read and understood and started to follow it. Incredible. Yeah, really cool. And just like, what a guy! What a guy! So yeah, I think I think the three of us should go over there and, and pay that a personal visit. But um, Mark was holding a a sixty years of nine eleven like special event in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. And by the time we'd got to Johan's on the way back, some of his cars were missing, including his 68 911R, I mean, unicorn. Yeah. That was, uh, had just left the premises en route to Gelderland to oh. be part of this 60 years 911 display along oh, with a okay. couple of other of Johan's cars. So it just, just shows kind of how uh, small really and interconnected our Porsche community is. Yeah. But that was, um, that was great. And so it was a nice final stop there before heading to, uh, Calais and the Euro Tunnel, which is where now you can hear from some tired but enthusiastic <laughs> on the road trip. Um, uh, to looking a little, forward to this. A little, a little flavour of what it was like. Right, okay, I've pressed that red button, so at this point, this is where the magic happens. I shall tweak accordingly. Right, okay. Team Nine Works on tour. <laughs> uh, welcome to, where are we? The Flexi Plus Lounge, where we've been treated to a two-hour wait for a train. Whose fault's that then? Yes, but what a tour it was. <laughs> what a fabulous tour. It is exactly that. So, we were seven cars strong this road trip. We're down to, there's four left. Three of the cars have gone home. So, it's a game of attrition. And there are four Porsches left. Three 996 and a 991. I think at this point, it'd be prudent to go around the table 
and uh, let you guys who are all incidentally valued highly highly valued members of the nine works driven not hidden collective which is very much the mantra from this week so maybe left if we start to the left of me if you could please introduce yourself and the car that you brought along to norway hi it's um, mike bickle and um we arrived in a night uh, 2002 996 Carrera C4S, um, which turned 130,000 miles on the f- stretch down to the train. And uh, with me, I brought Simon, my uh, co pilot. Introduce yourself, Simon. Don't be shy. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Simon. Um. Excellent. Get, get close if you can. So, Simon's <laughs> a bit bashful. Simon, Simon's shy. Simon's shy. So, 130k on the clock. I think collectively, and we'll come on this as we introduce the rest of the guys, we've done 5,000 kilometers this trip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you that because the battery broke. So, it's all gone to zero again. <laughs> we'll come on to it. We'll come on to it. So, we've got Simon and Mike in the 996C4S. Who's next then? Step up to the uh, My name's Nigel, and I. Uh, went along on this wonderful trip in my 2003 uh, 996.2 uh, C4 cab. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I had a mileage milestone as well. Just as I was leaving Norway, I tripped over the 100,000 miles. Three. So that was a big one for me. Um, yeah, car didn't miss a beat. And uh, it really enjoyed the uh, the Norway trip. Fantastic! It, it was great. Fantastic! Well done, Nigel. Well done. So yeah, and then the uh, fourth car sitting here at Calais. Hey, my name is Jeevan. So I brought along a Porsche nine nine one dot one Carrera four GTS. And I guess the highlight for me would be trying launch control in every country we're passing by. <laughs> yeah, and exactly that you did. Exactly that you did. Um, I think it'd be prudent. We've got a couple of co-pilots, so we've already introduced Simon. So riding with Jeevan is Natasha. Whee. Excellent, excellent. Uh, quick off the top of the off the top of the uh, head. How's the uh, driving in your car? How'd you rate it out of ten for Jeevan? You know what? He he did really well. And this was the first time that I've actually driven the Porsche. And I have to say, it was very enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Very much joint effort. Joint effort, yeah. I try. (laughs) Especially on the autobahn, it was quite nice to just put the foot down. Put the foot down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch the fuel go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speed going up. Exactly that, exactly that. Excellent, excellent. Thanks, Tasha, for introducing yourself. Um, And then, yeah, so I was going to say last but not least, but that's totally unfair to everybody else that's just introduced themselves. But, um, yeah, who's who's last, please? It it is me, Jeff, co-pilot for your lordship, Lee. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly that, exactly that. Yes, I'm his um, father and... um, Bank manager? Bank manager, uh, everything, really. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and all I was there was just to keep him in trim, really. Yeah, yeah. Slow down on the autobahn. Yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, look, that's it's fantastic to introduce everybody. As I said a couple of minutes ago, it's been the best part of five thousand kilometres, really. Certainly, by the time we all get home, Uh, many miles, many smiles. 
many hilarious incidents. I do want to say at this point a massive shout out to a couple of people that aren't delayed in Calais with us currently and are either at home or certainly on their way. So we had Mark with this uh, awesome 901.1 Turbo S cab with uh, an Akropovich exhaust, which we heard a lot of over the trip. And that was absolutely fantastic to hear that. We had, oh, that was mapped as well by Litchfield, worth pointing out. We then had Jeremy and Sue in the 901 Carrera T, had also been to Litchfield. That's a stunning car in, uh, in yellow. Miami Blue is also available, so I've heard. Yeah, right. And, uh, and then we had James and Danielle as well. Now, James and Danielle have a 991 Targa GTS uh, that delivered a fault before the guys came away excruciatingly. So they bought the Yaris GR, which, I mean, is a weapon in its own right. I don't know what you guys thought of that. Uh, well, when I heard they were bringing that, I was like, oh, grief, we're going to get dropped by a Toyota. Yeah, 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 which we did on many occasions. That thing absolutely flew. Um, so, yeah, that was the lineup. Also, an honourable shout out as well to Nick Moda, uh, who was due to come with us, uh, but unfortunately, uh, due to a little bit of illness, hasn't been able to join us on the trip. So, uh, yeah, shout out to you, Nick. You were missed, my friend. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that um, Nigel, Mike and Simon, you guys have been along to an Not Much Road trip before because you guys, as 916 owners, came to Stuttgart last year. We did, and uh, it was such good fun. We thought we'd do it all, of, all again, except <laughs> times about three, I think, yeah, in, in terms yeah. of length, depth and, uh, and breadth. <laughs> uh, no, it was excellent. It was, uh, yeah, it does make Stuttgart look like something of a, a warm-up, really. A little amuse-bouche before we got going with the, uh, the Norway adventure. Yeah, so it's just quite, quite a... Quite a different kind of trip. It's kind of more compact, and uh, this this was kind of quite wide ranging. I think uh, we're going to sleep well tonight and probably tomorrow and the day <laughs> after. <laughs> the next few days, definitely, definitely. Uh, Nigel, sentiments you echo? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean the um, the trip to Stuttgart was special for its own reasons, with it being the twenty uh, fifth anniversary of the nine nine six. So that was uh, really a must for the 996 owners. And um, especially that run down the D996 was particularly special. <laughs> it was, yeah. Very interesting, very interesting D road through France. And uh, that really tested the cars. Uh, but certainly the uh, trip to Norway and back that we've done through um, Holland, Belgium, Germany, and France, and, uh, Denmark. Uh, really did uh, manage uh, enable us to pack in a lot of miles miles in a in a very short space. Yeah, yeah. So so that that was good. I mean, um, we have covered a lot of ground, and in terms of the actual uh, geography of the trip, uh, the uh, the trip to Norway was very much more testing in terms of the tight hairpins. The uh, the change the change in uh, altitude yeah uh, and also a huge diverse um, uh, weather and conditions to drive and from the snow of Norway and uh, the near freezing conditions um, up uh, up and down uh, those hairpins yeah, um, yeah. Com compared to, to to a relatively flat journey to Stuttgart and back, or, yeah, right. Or be, yeah. You know, we we had a, a fantastic opportunity once again to uh, test all the cars on the autobahn, yeah, which is which is always uh, fun. And as I think, as uh, as anybody who in, who enjoys uh, driving an exotic car like a Porsche, then 
then clearly the autobahn is is a must. And it's it's something we can't do in the UK, is it? Without doubt, yeah, without doubt. And and actually, it's worth pointing out, Nigel, an honourable mention to you and Mark. So for people listening at home, everybody on this trip has had a co-pilot other than you and Mark. You've ridden solo. And again, we've just said we've done a lot of miles, nearly 5,000 clicks in eight days through seven different countries. And uh, we've at least had people to check that if we're awake or not whether i think you've had your red line for company <laughs> do you know what i mean living at the top end of that well tackle. yeah i mean it's, it's 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 been great i mean uh I mean, it's a shift mate yeah we've all got our favorite tunes <laughs> so uh, we all we all bring we all bring all bring those along and um you know and, and, and the walkie talkie system is great we can uh, any 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 um questions about the route or comfort breaks or uh, makes, nigel it it was that you going past us on the left yeah right yeah yeah zooming up i love it i, I, I love think it. we should have turned off yeah 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 so um i think it'd be nice to ask everybody like what their favorite part of the trip was drivers and co-pilots well they actually everybody's driven on this trip um funniest moments got to be in there because there's been a few as well so that'd be good to know um yeah and then a bit of a flavor as to you know how it how the how it's trip played out versus your expectations really but um yeah jiva may for a start with you what's what's been your your highlight from the trip mate i think there there isn't probably one i think all of it was i think we had a discussion you know you buy these cars they usually sit in a garage you put along home at work don't really do anything with it actually coming out here and actually appreciating the car you know the journey the people and actually joining our friends in norway and, you know, poodling on with 40 plus other Porsches is absolutely fabulous and just shows a passion. I think, you know, I, I don't think, speaking to my wife, Tasha, I don't think we've probably would have, we would have done Norway trip, but probably not at the level of we've done it together with you at the same time, seeing all of those other little bits, for example, you know, Porsche Gadolin going into uh, Johan's garage, looking at his collection, all of these little things, intricate stuff. I think not only the driving part of it, I think all the little things that you put together, the side was absolutely fabulous. Spot on, mate. Thank you. There's definitely going to be a bang of money coming your way <laughs> and a red button. And an L, L plate. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well said, sir. Very well said. Uh, yeah, Nigel, what do you reckon then? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of the most memorable moments was... That amazing vista when I drove up over the top of the, uh, the I suppose it was the glacier yeah. at Garanga. Yeah. And um, as uh, the altitude got higher, uh, I just suddenly came over the brow of this, this crest in the, uh, on the mountain road. And there was just snow everywhere. It was almost a whiteout. And... Um, it was just absolutely unbelievable. Never seen anything like it. Mm. It was uh, an amazing vista. And uh, I think in terms of the driving experience, um, that and keeping the British end up on the autobahn <laughs> was probably my two favourite moments. And, and there are some, you know, fiercely competitive individuals on that stretch of road. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on that yeah. top, top step of the podium, mate. Yeah. Well, we, we, managed, we managed to do quite well. Um, but uh, I think also to echo Jeevan's uh, comments the opportunity to meet uh, the members of the Porsche uh, Club in Norway uh, great people great you know really really um, great sense of humour great cars um, 
take it very seriously, but you know, with a light, with a lighter tone. Um, and the other thing that's really came to mind because this is my third trip now, and uh, one that, one thing that has sort of been evident is 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 the quality of the trips themselves. You know, the the, the quality of the accommodation, the quality of the route, and the quality of the activities during um, during those trips. It really is really is outstanding. And, and I think it would be very difficult to emulate that kind of activity if you're doing it on your own and by yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nineworks are doing a, a really good job of producing a quality, uh, a quality outing every time, and that's, that's why it's drawing so many people, and they're fully subscribed. Mate, you're very kind. You just want to share achievements, money, didn't you? That's yeah. what this is all about. Yeah, yeah. I've got the outplay for you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's really, very kind, Nigel. I think, uh, as, as Andy would say, to anyone that's listening would like to sign up and join us on these trips uh, come on in the water's warm <laughs> yeah yeah Tash what was your favourite moment I think just being able to hang out with so many different people you know and I can truly say I've really enjoyed the company of everyone on the trip and I've learned so much from everybody you know and to be fair I, I couldn't imagine being in a room with some of these people, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a regular encounter, I guess. So that's why it's special because you don't know who's going to come. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't know what you're going to learn. You know, even the the two women as well, the three women all together, me, Danielle and, and Sue, there was such a great camaraderie between the three of us, you know, incredible women, um, who have so much knowledge, so much wisdom, and it's just nice to see them enjoy the cars too, you know. Um, so, yeah, just being able to meet so many different people, so many different stories that came out, you know. Um, but also it was the first time our, our, our little Porsche, <laughs> it was its first international trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what a trip it was, you know, to, to drive all the way to Norway we're going to go home and tell people and they're, going to, they're not going to believe us, <laughs> firstly. Um, so that is, this is truly, truly unforgettable. And um, yeah, I can only echo what Jeevan and Nigel have already said, you know. This is a testament to you, Lee, and, and the hard work that you put into Nine Works. And, um, and I think we had this conversation, you know, you, you, your vibe attracts your tribe, you know. <laughs> and I think, you know, we, we all kind of reflect um, all the the different parts that make you who you are and, and nine works what it is you're very yeah. kind mate thank yeah. you yeah I'm, I'm not better to get through the door here in a minute also a really uh, memorable moment for me was standing on the top of i forget what it was called when you guys were all doing the hairpins and me and jeff were standing in the rain filming you all <laughs> <laughs> well mostly filming. I, I some, there was a slight miss of it don't say nothing about that <laughs> Natasha sticks me up there <laughs> <laughs> under the bus there you go it's how we roll along yeah, go, on, go, right. go on then old boy what was your well just everything really and uh, it, it's a combination what Jeeve and Nigel and Natasha said it, it's just the people that we meet met we, we all got on together as as a family really mm. and I was really chuffed but probably my main thing that I got out of this, you've brought um, cars home many, many times, you know, what what you've borrowed and that from Porsche and that, and we've been out in it and you've you've took me in a spin for all these and 
and and I never really knew how a Porsche worked. You know, we went down the road together and up the road and and back again. You know, you just give me a little test drive. But on this trip there, I know how a Porsche works now. And if anybody who hasn't driven a Porsche will never, ever know how much you can get out of a Porsche. Not not just speed, it's just what it does, the acceleration, the 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 holding of the road and that it's, it's like it's on rails and and all and it really really came to me this time you know what a Porsche is and happy days I was invited and I loved every moment yes well yeah. dad and you even found your wallet on the last day as well yeah. didn't you <laughs> <laughs> no you did yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 great times great times spot on thank you Jess yeah. <laughs> where's my money <laughs> yeah right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Go for it, Simon. Uh, uh, probably that E-Road on the way back to Oslo. Um, again, very hard to choose, uh, my favourite, but that was kind of the icing on the cake for everything. <laughs> the epic amount of scenery, the ever-changing scenery all the way along that road was just phenomenal. <laughs> um, would love to go back and do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Next weekend? Next weekend, yeah. What, what I loved, actually, for the majority of this trip, we were driving along these epic roads, and then I'd just see your phone come out of the sunroof uh, yes, <laughs> where yes, you're yes. filming all the scenery. So, yeah, there's going to be some good footage coming, right? Almost lost my phone a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, um, Simon and I do a lot of traveling and, um, I think why we enjoy these trips so much is it's, and this is why we try and stick together. We, I know we get separated and, and whatever we, you know, things happen, but, um, it's just being able to drive with others who, who are in similar cars, um, and um with with similar interests in, in absolutely stunning scenery i think my biggest takeaway from from this trip has been how phenomenal the car i've owned for 50,000 miles actually is um i don't think that i would trade it in for anything faster or newer because it wasn't fast or capable it would be for other reasons. And, um, yeah, it's just such an epic car. Um, yeah. And, uh, I think it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll, uh, it, we'll, we'll keep this one. I think that's the, I, I think that's phenomenal. And actually it goes off something we've said before on the podcast. So I think it was after the Stuttgart trip, Mike, and we were talking and, and I'd said that when you do a road trip, it gives you a chance to bond with like your car. And even if it's not your first road trip with that car, you'll always, you'll keep bonding with it. Do you know what I mean? And like, yes, yeah, so you, you guys have yeah. done countless road trips in your car. Nigel, you've done a fair few Nymax road trips now. Obviously I've done a few in little Irish, but even doing something after this, you still bond with it kind of more and more and more, which is clearly kind of what's, what's happened here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, what I, what I will say is kind of echoing that really, you know, Mike, your car's you know, 20 years old just over i think 22 if that's a no or 21 mine's 25 so that you know most cars that age have been cubed by now and yet like ours has just taken it all around europe and it's been comfortable it's been practical yeah um in the main for both of us it's been reliable yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean well so, but like you know and it's it's thrilled as well and like it, we know that's why we kind of indulge in these cars there's not much else out there that will do that yeah the, the ultimate moment was the trip back from go, going back to the hotel um, where uh, Simon may or may not have 
finished enjoying <laughs> enjoying the trip and i had to uh pull over and let everyone pass because uh co-driver was uh rebelling um but yeah it was, it was, that, that was incredible there's been a few moments where uh you just max a car out and you might go my goodness this this is this is plenty plenty fast i'm not sure i i I think the limitation is more the driver than than the actual car itself. And if I had a car that could do 200 miles an hour, I would still have been doing exactly the same speed. Maybe not in the air, but <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, did yeah. happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was the first time that that's ever happened is uh, driving along and uh, on what seems like a flat road and uh, all of a sudden the traction control lights all go off. <laughs> and you go, okay, well, that little bridge was probably a bit bigger than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> cracking, absolutely cracking. And I, I just want to add to that that um, it's, uh, and we said this over breakfast as well this morning on the last day that, we all, there's an element of rolling the dice for all of us when we come away on these, you know. Um, whether it's been your first trip or like your, your next trip, it's a long way. There's a lot of miles. You know, will the car do it? Will we all get along and everything else, you know? I think you have to be an adventurous type of person to put your hand up and say, yeah, I fancy driving to Norway for a week. That sounds, that sounds good. Um, I, I would just like to say I don't think I could have asked for a better group of people to join us on this amazing trip, to be honest. And, and I really, really mean that. I think everybody has contributed so positively, and, and it's it's genuinely been a real, real pleasure, folks. So thank you for that. Dad's been lovely to do a road trip with you as well, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like our summer holidays back in the day, um, as a family, we used to jump in the van, drive all around France, and that. So we, we're used to driving in Europe, albeit slightly slower. Yeah, I'm going to say not. Not so fast, was it? No, 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 no. 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 But it was it was great as a, as an adult, really, to kind of like bring you away and, and make some more memories than that. So that yeah, was that was quality. You didn't pay for it, though, yeah. really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do I, still, I don't get pocket money anymore? I used to as a kid, so yeah, it's probably stopped at some point. No, great um, stuff, Lee. That was I was I was pleased pleased to be there with you. Yeah, yeah, too true, too true. Shall we finish with a funniest moment from the trip each? What can we say? Like, what can we? What can we be public? Oh, Lee, there were so many though. Well, well, it's been a laugh a minute for so much for fun. everybody. So much you know, fun. <laughs> everyone's grinning yeah. every night. It everybody really was, was, was a brilliant. character, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the the funniest for me is is it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what country we were. Uh, if we were in a hotel at a filling station you could hear a very filthy laugh echoing across <laughs> <laughs> yes and 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 he's standing there going oh my goodness what are they doing now that set lee off again it was never me it was always jeevan i know but the, but even a, even a, even at breakfast this morning it's like <laughs> echoing throughout the hotel like, oh goodness gracious what are they up to <laughs> Uh, it's always Jeevan or Mark up to something yeah I was just going to say I, I think the funniest moment was when um, we all got to the hotel in Bren, Brenham Bren, Bremen, yeah, Bremen yeah. and Lee goes up to the counter <laughs> and the receptionist just hands him a note and it's all in German it's all in German and Lee's, and Lee's trying to like read this note in his broken German <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it basically said something like we are still following you. Yeah, Free <laughs> yeah. Germany. Yeah, We've got yeah. your driving license and your number plate. Love the yeah. police. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're following yeah. you because you're not driving fast enough. That no, was awful, and I, I knew I was going to get stitched up in some way, namely by Mark. 
to be fair. Obviously, you'd be in on it as well, Jeevan. A hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, it's worth it's worth filling in for people. Um, people listening at home so unfortunately i did get pulled over at some point which is uh, it's all content <laughs> and um and it was recorded on camera because nigel was straight in there <laughs> talk about shard of fraud however you say it bosh there we go but um yeah so we, we were humping along the autobahn just not long got over the border from denmark and uh gas well, foot down pedal to the metal etc um as far as i'm concerned there was a lorry ahead of me so i couldn't overtake or make progress but i did see this black mercedes pull into the right hand lane the slow lane drive up past our convoy of cars and try to cut in in between the the lorry in front and myself and i thought i'm just not having that and then what was funny is dad you were sitting next to us going lee don't just leave it just leave it and i was going no Kim, I'm, I'm not having it. British I'm not having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red flag, red flag to a ball. So little did I realise that someone was thrown out of line, and I had a nibble, and uh, so I didn't let didn't let this uh, black murk in. And all of a sudden, the window went down, and this sign went out saying "halt." So into the services we go. I got a huge shouting out, a huge telling out. Definitely had my pants pulled down. Definitely thought I was spending the night in jail at one stage because our our friend was not happy. And um, yeah, like I say, it was just a, a pleasure to share that moment with you all. <laughs> but yeah, the gist was, uh, allegedly, I wasn't overtaking, so I should have been in the right-hand lane. So Jeevan, as you've kindly pointed out, must be the only person in the history of the autobahn to get pulled over for not going fast enough, basically, on a demonstrated road in a Porsche as well. We've got all uh, the evidence, uh, don't worry. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, and then to be reminded of the misdemeanor back at the hotel... Um, yeah, cheers all. That was fantastic. <laughs> I think just for that, you should be driving back with the L plate on. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so that's another thing that's worth pointing out. So there's been an L plate going around, which again is is the work of Jeevan there. So it's been appearing subtly on the back of cars. And if it hasn't, it's been photoshopped on and put on the WhatsApp groups. So everyone's been worrying, thinking, am I waking up with this L plate? Oh, they ain't photoshopped. They're all real photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's been quite funny. It's like the automotive dance hat. <laughs> it just keeps being passed around. No one goes to the back of the car because the boot is in the front, right? Yeah. So you kind of just get in your car and you drive. And then someone's like, why have you got an L plate in your car? Yeah, 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 exactly that. I think the only person that's in the back of the car is um, of all of our cars was James. I think he was like the number plate inspection unit. Because there was a number yeah. of times I looked in my mirror and I could just see this big Toyota badge <laughs> right in the mirror, basically. <laughs> Up and down Trolls digging uh, today with a few bits. But yeah, yeah. Any other fo- funny moments, guys and girls? Worth sharing. Well, I um, thought my brakes were on fire at one point. <laughs> we definitely knew it worked. <laughs> Just well. about. Uh, it was. Uh, it was like a as if the there'd been a chain smoker continuously exhaling <laughs> underneath the wheel arch, and this continued for quite some while. And I thought, uh, yeah, that's actually quite serious. But that's what that's what the driving experience is all about. Push the car. Push the car. And then you can see where there are opportunities for improvement. Like let but go of the brakes. <laughs> well, it's very difficult, but it's very difficult to let go of the brakes when you're chasing a Carrera T in a little 996.2. <laughs> and uh, you're using the straight bit of the hairpin to catch up and then realise you have to heave on something to get it round the 180 degree turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hoping yeah, it, was it wasn't a sky ground, sky ground, sky ground moment, weren't you? Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It was all good fun, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very good very good anything else Jeevan you're laughing away I don't think I can share half of the stuff yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely embedded memories and yeah unfortunately my um, 
yeah, buddy in, uh, yeah. Partner in crime. Partner in crime isn't here. Do you yeah. uh, share that with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Oh, we made it. We made it. There was yeah. a bit of a touch and go moment, wasn't there? When we are entering um, the uh, crossing at one point and the car kind of just flashed up as we pulled into Porsche. Yeah, yeah. At Gelderland, wasn't Gelderland, it? Gelderland, yeah, yeah. yeah. And luckily, yeah, shut it off, turn it back on. And then started again. I think the best comment I heard after yeah, after that was uh, your dad was like, he's doing all right with three cylinders. Isn't yeah, he? right. Yeah, yeah. So we, we managed obviously across from Holland into Germany and you set off. So you guys were charging towards the horizon. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Jeff's comment. Yeah. I think I think those three cylinders are doing just fine, to be honest with you. So, yeah, there was. Yeah. That was in the autobahn. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were nowhere near Denmark at that point. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we promise officer that did not happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, again, there's, there's, there's been some outrageous moments, guys and girls. So thank you genuinely for that. Um, if you're listening to this and you think that sounds like good fun, and, and it truly was, um, only two people have been paid to say the kind words they have in this conversation. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if you would like to join us on future Nymax events, you know what to do sign up you get the newsletter you get first dibs if you sign up to our driven or hidden collective which is exactly what everybody around this table is you absolutely get the the pick of the bunch so it goes to you guys and girls first and then we filter it down to everybody else in the collective so get get involved as a works driver to reap the, the rewards of that which again you guys and girls have and we appreciate that you get a free hug from lee as well yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah do you know what that's a really good point actually like it, it, you, you're laughing but like 100 percent, right I think that the best way to like summarize how this trip has gone socially is when we met, there were handshakes and we're leaving and there's hugs. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's just kind of surmises it like nicely. Yeah. Nigel's looking shifty. (laughs) (laughs) It's been absolutely, absolutely fantastic. It really has. It really has. Still need to figure out how to get this basket of food in his cabaret. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, from the uh, Flexi Plus Lounge in Calais, where we shall wait for another hour uh, for our train out of here and back to the UK. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Thanks to the guys and girls for coming along on the 2023 Nine Much Road Trip Spectacular to Norway. And we'll do it all again soon. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Liam. Cheers. Thank you. Hey! <laughs> oh, I didn't press record. <laughs> Amazing. Marvellous. And that, that was that was the road trip. Brilliant. Wow. There were some what enthusiastic voices there. Maybe a little bit worn out. Yeah. Oh, but happy. Yes, I think, yeah, we need to cut the guys some slack because it was um it's funny as we were recording it, just looking around at everyone and thinking, bloody hell, you know, we all just look exhausted. But we had we had done <laughs> some, some serious miles and, yeah. and you know, I th- think the memories of that sort of adventure last far longer than any feelings of tiredness and, and pain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's part of the adventure, though, isn't it? Is to to sort of st- stretch yourself a little bit, really. Yeah. You yeah. know, you have the, the the little problems like the batteries and the the windows and stuff like that. They're they're all add to the. If it all went perfectly smoothly, there'd be no stories. There'd be no. Um, not i was going to say atrocities that's not the word is it (laughs) (laughs) anecdotes yeah anecdotes yeah yeah yeah. you know you need to go through a bit of pain for it to be to be memorable yeah 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 definitely definitely as we've touched on in the past as well those trips have become significant in your relationship with the car 
you know, in terms of when you, you know, when you sell a car and you think back on the times that you spent with it and the affection that you have for it, or when you decide that you can't sell a particular car because you've done that sort of thing in it, you know, those 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 adventures are really significant in the making the memories with a, with the for you, Little Irish. Yeah, definitely. De- you know, without a doubt. And actually, so um, on the last night at our destination hotel in Norway, we just got back from our Trollstigen drive. Um, we'd settled down. The, the The restaurant had closed at the hotel, but they were fantastic in just leaving some little bits and pieces out for us uh, when we got back because we'd not not had any uh, supper. And so over that and a, and, a, and a little beer, we were discussing like our relationships with our cars and kind of said, yeah, you know, has anybody from this road trip decided the car isn't for them? And it was quite the opposite. Everyone had really bonded with their car and it had made them realize it was the right kind of car for them. And that was, that's always, you know, what a win that is. Yeah, that's good. Good. You know? Really good. So yes, I, I would just like to kind of sign off by saying a massive thank you to uh, Jeremy and Sue to Jeevan and Tash, to Mark, to Nigel, to James and Danielle. Who have I missed? Simon and Mike. Simon, Simon and Mike as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. So a massive thanks to you guys for coming along and um, and being part of a really special week and um, another Nineworks adventure. There, is, there, We had planned to do another Nineworks road trip later this year in the UK. The reality is after we spoke to Iris a couple of weeks ago from the museum, I've had a lot of messages from inside the collective saying, well, look, why don't we go to the museum instead? I'd really like to go and visit that now. So we are looking into that. So we'll see. So there definitely will be another Nineworks road trip in 2023. We're just, we're trying to work out some logistics as to whether it's to the museum or not. Um, And of course, if you want to be a part of it, all you need to do is be part of the collective. It's as simple as that. (laughs) Um, Good upset. One little follow-on question, Lee, just to pick up on something that Andy was, Andy and I were talking about amongst all the flannel that we had in that podcast whilst you're away. That <laughs> Norwegian beer, talk me through the Norwegian beer. Is it crisp? Okay. Is it strong? Is it no, good? Beautiful, but yeah, beautiful. Um, to be honest, like all of the, the the beer on the continent, they they put the UK to shame. Really, it's definitely stronger, but certainly in Germany, it's mandated. You can't put any crap in it. Right. It's just like yeah, you know the quintessential. Fizzy water, hops and barley, <laughs> or water, hops and barley. But um, yeah, you know that's there's no there's no crap in it. So it's um it's a really nice, refreshing beer. Obviously, they don't do pints over there. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 yeah, nothing nothing but a pleasure to drink. I'd say. Lovely, good drinking. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was it was absolutely fine. But I mean, yeah, it was it's, it's a driving holiday, isn't it? At the end of the day, so. Well, I'll take it easy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why we were there. But no, very, very pleasurable, and and like same with the food. To be honest, I mean, it just yeah, wipes wipes the floor of what we tend to offer over here. Yeah, very good. Uh, nice. Yeah, happy days. Yeah, any good. any developments in your part of the world, gents? Well, it's all a bit in the shade, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing half as exciting as what you've been up to. No, been to work. Into work, <laughs> Max. It was great to do London Concourse for you this week, and I was explaining to Andy oh, away yes. from Mike's. It was fantastic how you just commandeered uh, Jason Plato, and yes. he was walking past our table, and you just went, "You've got to come to our podcast." <laughs> and, uh, we had a really nice little chat there, uh, didn't we, with Mister Plato? We did. We and did. Uh, yeah, fingers fingers crossed. Unless he's given you a duffer of a number, 
um, we'll <laughs> get him on the pod. He may possibly have given me the flirt divert number, uh, <laughs> but um, I want to one do one. <laughs> but I did. Um, I sent him a message yesterday on WhatsApp. So uh, we'll see if that lands with him. I sent him a couple of links as well to uh, to a previous pod and to Nine Works, so we can have a little look at what it's all about. Nice. And uh, hopefully, I'll hear back from JP. Um, maybe I'll try and uh, try a little follow up phone call, and he'll, he'd be like, "What? Who? I don't remember that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Was, was he a bit pissed at the time, or was he sober? We, he was. He was like we all were. He was enjoying himself uh, that <laughs> afternoon. I think he had a very nice day out <laughs> with his with his podcast comrade Dave Dave Vitti, Vitti who we also met, uh, formerly known as Comedy Dave. So we met Dave as well, and yeah, they were having a good time. Excellent. Yeah. As were we. That's so, where we indeed. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Nick Jeffrey, Nick Jukebox Jeffrey, and uh, and Chris as well. Jukebox Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was a great day. Absolutely fantastic day. Awesome. Take me yeah. through um, the concourse. What's What's it like? What's the deal? Is it good? Is it worth going to? I mean, some pretty spectacular cars in there. The uh, day that we chose was RS day, uh, yeah. so um, there weren't many RSs that weren't. Uh, represented amongst the assembled quite a few duplicates yeah. uh standout car as it invariably is and these things that you go to was an f40 we spent a lot of time looking at the f40 we were very happy with that um paul's 959 was there i mean yeah. you, you know what concourses are like these days you know there's no there's no shit in there it's uh you know it's uh interesting cars of the very very highest caliber yeah it yeah. was great. I have to be honest, Max, like uh, for me, it was um, a bit of a social thing. So it's strictly like non-work day. Um, so, yeah, we kind of got into the, the uh, little like, hospitality bit where for the tickets that we'd purchased, uh, maybe about midday. And obviously it closes at five. I mean, you, you blinked and it was half past three and it was like, yeah, yeah what's yeah. happened there? Hadn't, we hadn't looked around any of the cars at yeah. that point. So, you know, we had a quick kind of skiz round, took some pictures for the gram and, and obviously got chatting to a few people. But it was, it was, it was, yeah, just really nice to have um, a day, admittedly surrounded by some lovely cars. And, and to be honest with you, like what a great setting because there, there are some fantastic cars living and hiding in the city of London. But to have them all on the lawn there at the Honourable Artillery Company, just a great setting. So it was just a really nice, really nice place to chill for the day, to be honest with you, regardless of the fact it was a concourse event. It's in a really cool place. I'm not sure that, you know, if people have, haven't been to the HAC, that they would know that it's there right yeah. in the, you know, in the heart of the city of London, this space, which they use for rugby and cricket and other sorts of things, uh, but also, yeah, this annual concourse event. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great setting. And as you say, Lee, the time, the time did pass quickly when we we're in putting the world to, world to rights in the hospitality area. Yeah. Um, the world to rights. I like that. Yeah. It's a good way of uh, describing <laughs> moving your wrist, I think. <laughs> <laughs> With a beer in your hand, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's lots, um, yeah, lots of spider chat amongst other bits and pieces in there. So, yeah, oh, very, okay. very, very pleasant. That that was spot on. So, excellent. Shall we good. spread some love? Indeed, we should. Right, I shall okay. go first. Oh, go, go on, on then, then, Max. No, you go. Go on. Okay, I'm going to spread some love for a motoring artist who I met um, at London Concourse this oh, week. Topical. Somebody that I, I already followed on Instagram, um, an artist called Anna Louise Felstead, uh, who's a motoring artist uh, of, of some note. 
and uh, she had a a display. She had a stand at London Concourse, um, and I've been looking at that work, and then just had the chance to chat to her because it's you know it's that kind of event, very sociable. So really nice to meet Anna Louise. Look at um, some of the work. She's got all sorts of cars in her work, but there is a little bit of Porsche stuff there. So uh, if you're looking uh, for some Porsche work, uh, have a look at Anna Louise's stuff. She's on um, Instagram and got a website. Check it out. Nice. Good recommendation. Thank you. Um, I've got one, which is probably doesn't need recommending because probably a lot of people have actually seen it. Uh, Johnny Smith, the late break show. He did a barn find on a, a lovely little SC, like the, almost a brother of mine um, with the same sort of interior. That was a really nice little one. It, it uh, reminded me of our trip to Wales um, because it was just like a little shed in the middle of a, a Welsh valley that I'm sure we probably drove past on our, on yeah, our Welsh trip. Yeah. So yeah, that's my one this week is uh, the late break show. Um, it's called an emotional barn find classic Porsche 911 discovery. Oh, it's Check it out. Nice. Very nice. I saw, saw Johnny on Wednesday, actually him and Richard Porter, they were doing some podcast stuff. Sniff and Smith as part of the London concourse. They were there. Uh, oh, they were doing about. a live, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you see it? Or no, no. I think we were we we we. I think we were chatting to JP across the road. But by the time all, all of that stuff was going on, uh, okay. When you say across the road, do you mean in 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 the battle cruiser? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the pub. In the pub. <laughs> we're in the pub across the road. Yeah. Talking of oh, other people that we saw, actually, um, the the wonderful and talented Simon Jessup uh was there and he'd um he he dropped his latest acquisition off just across the road just outside the pub as well in his um not free parking but his parking space really beautiful albert blue 911e i think it is isn't it lee i think yeah, he said it, it was an e really yeah. pretty car really yeah. really lovely a real, um, a real stunner a real stunner and it definitely wasn't free parking mine 17 quid for two hours is that what it was yeah <laughs> yeah yes yeah. welcome to london He'd have, been, he'd have been better off going on the double yellows and just getting a ticket. It probably oh, worked no, out the same. One hundred percent rolled the dice at that point. Although yeah, yeah. the ticket would have definitely been forthcoming if uh, if the parking attendant doesn't get you, then the camera will. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But at least he didn't have to pay you less. Yeah, well, no, of course, that's true. yeah, being that old, yeah, yeah. yeah so quite interesting there because obviously, Max, you've spoken previously about how that um, drive in Simon's car has kind of further ignited your passion for a G series model. Yes, obviously, Andy's been fluffing the pillow in that regard a little bit lately as well. Uh, but but Simon, in purchasing that 911E, has got rid of the three twos, made him chip it on. He has, he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's uh... straights for different folks. Yeah, Simon's definitely on a journey. He's on a journey of discovery and he wants to try. Um, you know, he's definitely an air-cooled man. There's no doubt about that, you yeah. know, 100%. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's another flavour of, of air-cooled that he's had the opportunity to try, you know, making this move. And, I mean, what a beautiful car. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Best of luck with that, Simon, without yeah. doubt. Uh, my spread the love this week. So I've got this uh, goodie bag. Or it's not a bag at all, is it? It's a box. Fucking... For the benefit of the mic, give that a bit of a shake. So, yeah, just before we started recording, the postman delivered this. It's from RPM Technic with its new Rush Club, uh, which is Rush. Uh, pure drive and exhilaration is the tagline. So 
RPM Technic, as we know, heavily involved in uh, the track side of things these days. Lots of link-ups with particularly RMA in, in the UK and on excursions into Europe as well. And, and the Rush Club really is the best way to kind of harness that and get the, the most benefit from. So Rush, they've got different tiers to the membership, I think, and like various stages of like looking after you and your car at these events. Um, I'm part of it, which is epic. There's um, a lively WhatsApp group as well where people are talking about which track days they're going to. Lots of advice being banded around on that as well. But as part of this sign up to Rush, you get this box of goodies, basically. So I'm looking forward to opening this and seeing what lies inside uh, to hopefully help further your, your experience on that. But yeah, just nice to be part of something else, really. There's a lot of GT stuff in there. I think I'm probably on my own with my little 996, but it's not really about which car you have or drive. It's about your passion, particularly for track days and and pushing your cars in that sort of environment yeah so if you want to get involved head over to the rpm technic website we'll give them a call and they'll and they'll get you involved <laughs> competition time then andy yes yes we announced this last week um yes. giveaway of a rather marvelous book by bart kikins yes. yeah sorry bart if i've murdered your name <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so this is a giveaway for our works drivers and hero drivers. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a good book as well. Like I, I have it right here. Um, I think the Banley uh, price, shelf price of it is 175 euros. Um, mm. Yeah, it is. I'm just looking here. Yeah, 175 euros. So it's a fair tome. It's a weighty tome, elegantly presented. Everything, as you said last week, Andy, to be honest, on the podcast, um, just a really, really nice coffee table book that, presents perhaps some of bart's uh, best work from his series of seven books which is uh, the flat six love affair yeah it's like so it's like his greatest hits of the love affair isn't it i think so yeah yeah so like really elegant um, photography the way it's presented it's just it's just a beautiful piece it's really nice so uh, it's a great prize for one of our hero or works drivers if you don't win this then you can go to bartkuykens.com and uh, nab yourself a copy as i said it's 175 euros marvelous Cool, okay. man. Yeah, let's pick a winner. Um, I need a number from you yeah. between 1 and 40. Uh, I'm going to go 40. Oh, bloody hell. That means I've got a count down 40 oh, really? rows. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like somewhere in the middle, but it's yeah. unfair to the whoever's then. <laughs> but yeah, one, let's, go, let's go 40. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Forty. Wee. It and is in. Mr. Mark Willis. We. Well done, Mark Willis. Congratulations, Mark. That's it. Yeah, great prize. Great prize. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Super duper. We'll contact you for your address, and we'll we'll get it out to you asap. Good sir. Very good. Well done. Nice. Cool. Nice. And don't forget, we do these quarterly giveaways uh, for our works and hero level drivers from the Nomads Collective. If you would like to be in with a chance for winning any of these goodies you know what you need to do you just need to sign up at patreon.com slash nine works yeah at least quarterly i say 
I think we probably can do more. I think it'd be nice too, definitely. Yeah. definitely. We always get yeah. some pretty cool stuff through from our partners. So, yeah. yeah. A, a minimum quarterly, let's say. Yes, very good. Very good. Tidy. All right, gents. Happy days. Always a pleasure to catch up. Nice to be back. In a minute. What about Gem of the Week? Oh, of yeah. course. And of a bit of course. an update as well on the collective. Okay, grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gem of the Week. Totally forgot about that. They're, yeah, to be honest with you, um, currently on the Nomads Marketplace, there's loads of cars going on there at the moment. We've got some really cool stuff. So, uh, whoopsie for forgetting, to be honest. Yeah. Some, something that leapt out at me. It was pro- probably partly on my mind because of our conversations on Wednesday afternoon with uh, Nick and Chris and, you know, stuff that we've had and sold and miss and loved and all that sort of thing. So there's, there's a fair bit of C4S chat going on because, uh, you and Nick are both, uh, former C4S owners. There's yeah. also a fair bit of chat about the pleasures of open top motoring. Yeah. Um, you know, being uh boxster owners as Nick and I are now. And um I noticed when I was looking at the marketplace yesterday that um that Paragon have got a 996C4S cab um for sale in seal grey, a manual car, and that but you know, so a really pretty car. But the thing that jumped out at me, you know, and one of the reasons why I didn't buy uh, a 996 when I was on my, you know, first Porsche buying journey was the inside of it. I just much prefer the 997. But the inside of this of this particular car is really interesting. It's got some stuff that you don't like, at least. So it's got some um, some silver detailing on the centre console and that sort of thing, which I think kind of lifts the interior. But it's also got the best seats. It's got the sports seats, you know, with the extra bolstering up around the shoulders. Um, it's got um, uh, it's got coloured dials. It's got red seat belts, which somehow kind of work, you know, maybe because of the C4S strip across the back. So the whole interior of the thing is really lifted above, you know, I think a lot of other 996s. Um, just a really lovely looking car. Um, yeah. so that's on, that's on with Paragon. So you know, it's going to be a beaut. It really, Absolutely. it really does look good. It's, um, it's a great pickout, Max. And again, timely considering our conversations. Um, Nick Jukebox and I were talking, we both had seal grade C4Ss and both talking about how much we miss them. So it's, yeah, definitely pulling at the heartstrings, this one. Um, I mean, it's typical Paragon, isn't it? It looks like a time warp of a car, 44,800 miles on the clock looks mm. like it's brand new and actually if you're flicking through the gallery on the marketplace go to the fourth from last shot and it's that rear three-quarter shot of this c4s cab with the roof down to me that shot alone buys the car i just mm. think I, I love a c4s cab for a long time i really wanted one as like um a daily hack could never make the numbers work for myself personally while holding on to little irish but i just think that is a stunning car i really do oh yeah, really lovely. And in a couple of the pictures, it's got its hard top on as well. So it comes with the hard top, as you'd yeah. hope it would. Yeah, lovely. That's a that's a year rounder, that isn't it? Nice. Year round pleasure, that car. Achingly gorgeous, that thing. It's a yeah, real beauty. I think I've got to stop looking at it. Oh, look <laughs> at that. Look at that. Yeah, right. Close that page. <laughs> I can't do it. Very nice. Yeah, great, great gem of the week, Max. Great gem of the week. Andy, we've got some updates, collective members. We have indeed, yes. Uh, I've got four, four new members to announce. Um, let me kick off with Jeremy Barker, who's a works and works engineer, no, a works driver. Uh, in fact, is a works plus driver. Is this time that we should announce that, Lee, or should we? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We, well, we're, we're ready, aren't we? 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy is our first worst works plus driver, which means uh, that he gets all the benefits of a works driver, but also gets a subscription to Total Nine Eleven. Yes. So we've tried to, th- this has been in the offing for a long time. And you and I have been pushing this yeah. uh, with our good friends at future publishing to yeah, help deliver the magazine to a, a wider audience and, and just as an extra benefit for, for works members really. And the idea is you sign up to works plus you pay for the year upfront because yes. obviously what we can't have is have people sign up for a month, us sort out the year subscription out of our own pocket. And then these people bugger off. <laughs> it, yeah. it, can't work, it can't work like that. So you sign up up front and then let us handle everything for you. So you'll get all of those normal uh, benefits, Andy, as you said, of being a works driver. But then we'll sort out your Total Nine Eleven subscription for you. If you're in the UK, it will be a printed subscription. And so that's 13 issues per year, isn't it? 13 issues a year. Yeah. Bang on, Andy. One every four weeks. Yep. And then if you're a rest of the world member of the works section of the collective it will be a digital subscription okay um and again just like it's a lovely way to um enjoy some quality porsche journalism and editorial it is certainly if you're in the uk and you get the printed edition it flops through the door every four weeks it's the gift that keeps on giving and you don't have to deal with any of the admin involved in setting that up we'll take care of all of that for you so uh yeah a nice addition i think to to the membership of the collective yeah, so yeah, check that out on Patreon. That's right, cracking, isn't it? Love it, love it, love it. Right, Jeremy Bike, Jeremy Biker, Barker. Welcome, Jeremy. Yeah, welcome. Um, he's not far from Goodwood. He's had a, a number of nine two fours and a KN in the past. Uh, currently has a nine eight six Boxster two point five tip. Um, reason. For the tip, I believe, is that he had an accident three years ago, uh, which unfortunately put him in a wheelchair. Um, so, yeah, hence the tip. Um, he does say, yes, it put me in a wheelchair, but my love of Porsche and the indomitable Nine Works podcast has been part of what keep, of what keeps me going. So thank you kindly for the exceptional content. Oh, banging. That's cheers, Jim. Kind yeah. words, yeah. Look Almost getting a bit it. emotional there. That's um, that, oh, yeah, look, very look kind. Forward. Very much yeah, so. welcome, Jeremy. Okay, next up is Rav Diraj, um, who is a works driver. Um, he has recently relocated to the U. Sorry, re- yeah, relocated to the UK um, from California. He's had a number of cars over the years in the US: a Carrera three point two, nine nine three C two, nine nine three C two S, and a nine nine six C two. Um, he's recently acquired in the UK a nine nine seven dot one GT three rs oh lovely 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 um and he says oh, that, not, that's the green one isn't it yeah it is that's the one yeah yeah on that. yeah so it'd be good to see good to see him and the car soon i i um, I've, got, I've got visions of rav just getting off the plane from california jumping in a taxi taxi driver says where do you go and you just go Paragon or whatever. Like, never, <laughs> yeah. never mind sorting out like your digs or anything. Like, let's just get the car sorted first, and we can worry about <laughs> peripheries a little bit later on. So he <laughs> says, I, "I'm over the moon for the purchase, and was looking to join a community of like-minded enthusiasts." Nine Works seemed at the obvious place to start. Very nice. Thank you for the kind words, Rav. Yeah, thank Good you, stuff. Rav. Look forward to meeting you soon. Next up is Andrew Hoyt, who is a works driver. Um, he lives in Southern California. 
I believe you've been speaking to him, Lee, about um, something to do with Rensport. Yes, going to meet up with Andrew and some of his pals en route to Rensport Reunion. Excellent. Uh, he has a 996C2 in dark teal metallic. I'm trying to imagine what that might look like. Mm. Do you know what dark teal is? I don't. I'm thinking like a dark red, maybe going into a brown. No, I think teal is it. Teal's a greeny blue sort of colour. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got that yeah, totally yeah, that wrong. sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Uh, yeah, it's got some nice um, bits and bobs on there. KWV3 suspension, some HRE wheels, some Recaro seats. It sounds like a nice, nice car. Lots of nice yeah. bits on it. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Andrew, and we look forward to seeing you in September. Absolutely. Next up is Steve Mortimer. He's a privateer. Um, he is local to us. He's down in Bournemouth. He has a 997.1 GT3, which he's had for about six years. Uh, been listening to the podcast. Um, came along to the Road to Redline run when we did that down to West Bay, I believe, not quite a while ago. Um, so we must have met Steve. Look forward to seeing you again. Uh, he also has a note, a very interesting 1967 Beetle with a 2332cc engine, which is mm-hmm. what I would have loved to have built my 1967 Beetle in, which was my first car when I bought one of 16. Um, his list like of, a bit of a hot rod. That sounds cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, he's got had lots of interesting cars in his past. Uh, sort of lots of crossover with uh, us guys. I think. Cool. So those are the new people. Welcome aboard. I've got a couple of upgrades. Uh, we have a hero. That is Steve Cavanagh. Hey. hey, what a hero you are, hey. Steve. What a geezer. Thanks. Indeed. Man. Thank That's you, Steve. Awesome. Amazing. Glad. And uh, Will Woods has upgraded from a, a rookie to a privateer. Thank you, Will. Much nice appreciated. One, Will. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the update for this week. Amazing. Amazing. Lovely to see the collective growing and more and more people getting involved with that. That's, that's lovely. What a wonderful community. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, we look forward to meeting plenty of the community and others at Porsches by the Lake, which by the time this comes out will be at the end of the week. Yeah, so we've, yeah. Got our, we've got a little area where we're going to be pulling people up and and uh, making them tell their Porsche stories. Because certainly people are always shy to begin with, aren't they? You know, so I'm sure, yeah, the, to get going those first couple, we might we might pick on some members of the collective to help get the ball rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to set and, uh, the tone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're very much looking forward to doing that and joining Guy and uh, and James and everybody else on their fantastic show over yeah, in Essex. I think it's going to be great yeah um that's i think all the tickets have sold out for the like show area but there's you can park up i think i believe there's a parking field that is free i don't think there's any ticket price on it check their website i'm pretty sure but yeah if you fancy coming along um last minute decision it's uh still available so come along come and say hello amazing amazing Right. Nice one, gents. Always a pleasure to chat and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. Thank you.